Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. I should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? Screw? Well, let's play chess. The Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits it. Hits it. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Happy Friday. If you guys are out enjoying the weather, holy crap, what a day this has been. Celebrate this day in February. That is an absolute rarity out there because it has been sunny. Now, I haven't been to the window in the last 35 minutes because we don't have one right here. But when I walked in, it was sunny. It was 63. And this is something you embrace in a February day. Do it. Just make sure you have us cranked up. I'm going to make a lot of sense. I'm probably going to make uh, a little bit of nonsense. And I'm going to have to rip today. And I don't want to come in here and rip. I'd rather come in here and say, hey, you know what? That was a great effort that showed so much want to, so much basketball savvy. That is a squad that you can get behind. I really want to do that because if you remember, it was this time last week that I had to do the same thing. That Knicks game. That Knicks game, especially in the fourth quarter, where the Knicks put in all the effort and the Pacers just kind of fluttered away. Unfortunately, that's what you got in the second quarter and then basically into the third quarter and then fourth quarter, especially in that game last night. I I understand this. And I wasn't for it. And Chad Buchanan will join us, the general manager, on Monday, and he's going to explain to me why this makes sense. He's not going to tell me anything about the future because we don't really know how they're going to utilize it. And I understand how you're trying to make your mark for the future. But as I always say, can you not completely forget about the present? And I'm not suggesting this team is going to look without Buddy Heal like it did last night. My suggestion just is, even with all these nerdy analytic numbers that some of you have given me regarding Buddy Heal playing for this team, you don't look at the big picture. And the big picture is some of which we saw last night. I'm sorry, it is. When's the last time you saw Tyrese Halliburton dragging ass like that last night? When's the last time you saw a completely uninspired effort by him? And I know what you're going to say. 
Because I know that I'm talking to a lot of tough asses out there that are going to say, well, you know what? You just got to get over it. You're a professional. You get paid millions of dollars. And you're right. You're right. But to suggest that that deal and that situation did not have a profound effect on him and his teammates would be inaccurate. However, I am not going to give them the availability of that excuse, not with the way that they went about that game last night. That was a joke. I mean, it really was a joke. I have told you, you need to expect more. You should expect more. And there is no doubt that with that deal yesterday, and I like Doug McDermott, but it is just not the same. It's not the same. And we'll get into some of the reasons why it's not the same in a minute. But beyond the trade, beyond the friendship, beyond the camaraderie, the locker room presence, a guy that everybody loved, and me speaking on behalf of Buddy Heald, I, I, hell, I mean, I make him sound like he's Wilt Chamberlain. I know. I don't mean to, but I do recognize the significance he brings just outside of going through a slump and not knocking down a three-pointer. However, last night and that approach to that game for three quarters, or let's just say this, for two and a half quarters, or even more so the second half, that approach is BS and should not happen. I know what you're going to say. Steph Curry went off for 42. All the kids were out there wanting autographs or some man right in the middle of them last night. I know, but Steph Curry is going to get 42 on you. Steph Curry especially is going to get 42 on this defense, and I don't care who's out there. Steph Curry is Steph Curry for a reason. But the rest of what went down and to let them score and score at will and so easily from Kaminga to some guy named Santos from Brazil (laughs) out there with a man bun working everybody. 42, understand. You don't like it, but you understand it. But the lack of effort, getting your absolute pants ripped off of you, de-pantsed on the glass on both ends by that team, come on. And you could say, well, Steph Curry hit all the shots. You just watched that game last night, and that was a lack of effort that you never, ever want to see. It's a lack of effort that I never, ever want to have to talk about because it stinks. On a day like today, everybody's enjoying it. It's sunny. Everybody's having a good time. The last thing you want to do is hear me come on here and start whining about this, but there was no, unlike today, there was no bright sunshine whatsoever in that game. That game was a joke. I mean, hell, even Jalen Smith, who was the most involved last night, played the best, I felt. I mean, back spasms done. There was no redeeming quality for that effort last night, and the head coach, Rick Carlisle, you could tell after the game, felt the same way. You could tell he was sick of it. I think the first three or four answers in that presser after the game, Rick Carlisle responded with one-word answers. Yep, nope, yep, nope. He had every right to be pissy. Had every right to be upset. That was a second of a back-to-back for Golden State, a team that got in here 
and bedded down at the Conrad at about 3.30 in the morning. They got back up, got into gear, got out there and played, and for whatever reason, the Pacers just decided, especially in the second half, not to show up. And this may seem unfair because I know that all players are going to have an off night, but Halliburton's off night was about Halliburton. It wasn't about anybody else locking him up. He was not getting locked up defensively. That was about him. So hopefully, whatever was going on with him, and I'm assuming there was a great deal with Buddy Heald, his teammate, his four-year friend. I'm assuming there's a lot to do with that. Hopefully, that can be detoxed from his body because you just can't have that. Can't have it. Rarely, if ever, does he have a bad game. And I'm certainly not going to go all in on him if he has a bad game because he's getting worked by somebody else. But to have a bad game because you look like you're crossing your arms and really not giving too much participation, no, you can't have that. You cannot have that. He looked disinterested. I cannot remember a time with him that I could have ever said that or we could have ever thought that. Now, the good fortune is here, it's one game. The good fortune is here with one game, and I'm assuming the riot act that was read by their head coach, that hopefully you get a much different road product coming up tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. Again, that's the good fortune and the hope. But the hope during this stretch going into the All-Star break, if you recollect what I've talked about over the course of this week so far, the hope wasn't what I was looking for. It was the the reasoning, the realistic reality of reasoning that we suggest this team can really do something in the moment after the All-Star break. But unfortunately, they just kind of reverted back to some of those really bad times that we remember. The Knicks last week, a couple of those really awful early home losses. That's not where I wanted your head at. And if you can get around it and just look at it as an anomaly, you know, kind of one moment, then more power to you. But this has happened now twice in the last week. And it cannot happen. That was just an awful game. And I'm glad most of the crowd seemingly either paid to watch Steph Curry put up 42 or to watch Trace Jackson Davis from IU and Center Grove get out there and and get about four minutes, which, honestly, Steve Kerr, you give him more clock than four minutes. What the hell? He probably would have had 15 points and have been out there for six minutes. Now give him a little bit more clock than that. Yeah, I know what you – nobody came here to watch Santos. <laughs> he worked him over too, though. Worked everybody. So this is not at all what I was looking for, and this goes beyond just what we talked about yesterday and you know, upsetting the apple cart, if you will, and making this deal and wondering what you really got out of it. Doug McDermott and a second rounder. Because you sit here right now and you just have no knowledge of how this is going to play a role. Really, the only knowledge and hope that you have with that is that knowing – 
you know, that dreaded phrase, draft capital. By the way, Chad Buchanan, who's going to join us on Monday, said that about 19 different times in his post-game presser. Do you have any – they have any Chad Buchanan in that post-game presser over there? I just wonder, if you have any Chad Buchanan, I want you to hit something and see just by chance if we hear draft capital. It was almost like he was saying, hey, stick this where the sun doesn't shine, JMV. I'm going to say draft capital about 19 times. I realize this. I realize that it's important. I realize that it's a tool. I do. It's tough to truly understand in the moment if what you gain is a second rounder in draft capital and then a rental, if you will, of Doug McDermott for the remainder of the season to try to make up for a guy that has been lost that certainly was more worthy than what a lot of folks gave them here um, in support and accolades and what he meant to this team. Everybody just kind of views Buddy Heald as well. If he's knocking down threes, he's worthless. And I think you saw last night that that's absolutely not true. Hey, some of these other moments here that you're going to see, some of these other moments that you're going to see is the floor spacing is not going to be the same without him. Because teams, again, guard him like he's going to hit the next and the next and the next. That's something the rest of this team is going to have to get used to. We'll see if it happens. I don't know what is said right here. But again, after the game, Pacers general manager Chad Buchanan, who's set to join us coming up on Monday, talked about the Buddy Heald deal, talked about the trade deadline. And let's see right here if he mentions the dreaded phrase we talk about so much. I think anytime you acquire draft capital, that puts you in position to make moves down the road to improve your team. I think you saw a lot of moves today that involved a lot of second round picks, um, you know, players obviously involved, but draft capital is a really important thing to building a team. And we acquired a lot of that today uh, that we think could be beneficial down the road to help, you know, build the team. We acquired a pick last year at the draft that um, helped us attain Pascal. It's draft capital is very valuable currency, obviously in, in the transaction business in our league and, the more of that you could have, the more in position you are to make a move for a big-time player, and that's what we're trying to put ourselves in position to continue to add great players that can be long-term pieces for us. What was that, 40 seconds right there, James? Uh, 39. Thir- Ooh, I'm, I'm that good. was really good. I'm really good. So 40 seconds, basically, you got draft capital three times. There's no way in the world that that was not meant for me. None. Zero. I know you're going to say, ah, you're not that important, JMV, and you're absolutely right. But there's no way in the world that that 40 seconds was not directly meant for me. We'll find out on Monday. I realize that it's important, and I know that if it turns into or helps translate into a big deal further down the road, that I'm sure I'll be thrilled. I'm guessing. but. I just look at it right now as you almost feel to me until we find out that why upset it for that now? It's going to have to make a, a difference. I just don't want to see the rest of the season sidetracked. I don't, I'm not suggesting you should expect it, but I don't want to see it. It's not last night was so much of what I talked about yesterday. And I know that it's one game. And I know, like I was talking to Tucker Barnhart. Tucker's driving out as we had him on yesterday to Arizona. 
um, stopping in Albuquerque to see Great White and Slaughter this weekend, but he's going out to join the Diamondbacks for spring training. And I was talking to him earlier today, and he said, hey, the one thing that you need to express today and express this to your listeners, that he loves a great deal, loves you guys. He said, it is real when a teammate and a friend is traded like that, and it takes you more than a minute to adjust. You have a natural decompression. And obviously, this is crap that I don't know. That's why I go with somebody that has played year after year professional. I think he mentioned that. Um, he mentioned that with Jay Bruce. I forget who he'd mentioned it with. But a couple of former Reds teammates that he had talked about getting traded and how that had a big impact or effect on the locker room. And it took more than a game or a minute for them to get over it. So for those of you out there that are dismissing Buddy Heald as having an effect being traded on that game last night, you're inaccurate because it did. Now it stinks that it did, and it stinks that they looked like that because they were completely disinterested. And it looked like almost all of them. Hell, oftentimes, you can almost say it looked like that they were admiring the work of Steph Curry. He made some tough shots, but do you guys notice how many times he rarely, if ever, gets a breath of an opening to shoot? He got to step into a couple of those. Step into a couple of those with late closes. Guys out of position. So he had 42. Trace got, what, four minutes last night? Got a great ovation. That was outstanding. Immediately got in there. Kaminga gave him a lob for a dunk. But we saw a brand of basketball in a night that I never want to see again, and I hope to never see again. But unfortunately, we're talking about, again, we'll just say the second half last night but it was more than that. You match that with the second half and the late game situation against the Knicks a week prior. Those are really bad examples. In fact, you can lose at home to Chicago or Charlotte, lose at home to Portland, lose at home to Toronto. And I would almost accept that more than I would these efforts in the last two games I'm talking about right here. That can't happen. And it sure as hell can't happen to a point to where like Halliburton was going through the motions. That is just completely foreign to me because that's never him. I guess the human impact did play a role last night. I know, I know, I know a lot of you are going to talk tough, like, oh, it doesn't affect me. I got to go to work every day and whatever. But as I mentioned in what Tucker Barnhart said to me, there is absolute truth to that. By the way, if you missed Tucker yesterday, the podcast at 107.5thefan.com, he was really good in explaining how close he was to thinking maybe he was just in general done. But that was from yesterday. Hey, shout out, by the way, to Zinc and to Michelob Ultra and our friends at Whiskey Business. That was a great day yesterday. We got one more of those coming up next Thursday. The finals will be downtown at Brothers. Somebody is going to win the NBA Jam Arcade game. And a lot of tickets to a lot of shows this summer, courtesy of Zinc and Michelob Ultra. And this has been just a fantastic weekly event we've been doing. So thank you all. 
for coming out for that. All right, besides the Pacers, Pacers, of course, tomorrow, get that matchup in the Garden. You've got IU and Purdue round number two, and I do have to apologize for this as well. I'm out of the gate in like the first 20 minutes apologizing for everything here. So, and this is really to IU. Anthony Leo was supposed to join us yesterday. And I'm I'm a big fan. He's a Bloomington South grad, Mr. Basketball. I have a great deal of admiration for guys that play through crap, which is just completely the opposite of what I talked about happened last night at the Fieldhouse. But guys that play through stuff that are awarded, and rightly so, playing time and then do something about it. And he certainly has done that recently. So my apologies. He was supposed to join yesterday, and then all this NBA trade deadline stuff broke out. That was tough. And then we're going to do it again today, and I think they left early. So I said, hey, instead of doing it on the bus here, we'll just wait until next week. But I love his story. Um, I love, and I, I don't care if, you know, why does it take for you? Who cares? All right? Give a dude credit for the moment. All right? The moment may never happen. And we said that after the first moment he had. And then he had another one against Ohio State. So it may never happen again, but I want to give him credit because I have a great deal of admiration for players that play through stuff like that. You have to make believers or you have to earn it. We talk about motivational chips all the time. And among the really crappy stories surrounding the IU basketball program this year, at the top of the list of good stories, and really maybe the lone good story, to be honest with you, is that of Anthony Leal that we'll get to coming up next week. But again, my apologies. That was all on me in the last couple of days, and that is my fault. So we'll get Anthony Leal on this show coming up next week. IU Purdue coming up tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. 7 o'clock across the hall, 93 WIBC. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, will talk it up coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Tony East is going to explain maybe – can we at all like look into the crystal ball of the future and see where this second rounder is going to go, that draft capital is going to end up? And I'll ask him if the moment like last night and clearly what was a complete deflation of this team and then taking away the threat of offense, the threat of spacing, make it easier night in and night out for defenses to D up this team. What they got in return yesterday, is that worth it long-term for what you're going to lose in the moment? Tony East at 4.30 today will join us. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, locked up in the 4 o'clock hour. And Bob Lovell, I know a lot of you are busy coming up tonight and tomorrow. Girls, regional play is tomorrow. You know, the fellas are all over the map here in the state of Indiana later on this evening, too. We got collegiate stuff to talk about. Butler's got a huge one coming up tomorrow. Yeah, don't trip. Don't stumble on this Providence game. Got a good feeling. Even with that loss at UConn the other night, you get a good feeling about the dogs on being on the right side of the bubble right now. Yeah, don't mess it up. What was that? Uh, You guys see the 87 film, 3 o'clock high. It's one of my favorites of all time. Remember Casey Samasco? Jerry? Jerry Mitchell? Remember the principal when he was about to fight the bully, the tough guy? He's about to fight him in the parking lot in front of the student body. 
and the principal was laying on the ground after being tossed to the ground by the bully and was quoted as to yelling, don't blank this up, Mitchell. Butler, don't blank this up. (laughs) To my Sycamores of Indiana State coming up tomorrow in Springfield, Missouri against Missouri State. Don't blank this up. Let's keep on winning. And, yeah, you guys saw last night. You can go to the Final Four and you can have a storybook, a fairy tale month of March. And then almost a year later, my good friend Dusty May and Florida Atlantic are really fighting it right now. A little college hoop conversation we'll have for you coming up. We've got you in a lot of different areas. And a shout-out to Dwight Freeney. I was talking to Tony Katz on his show across the hall before I came over here. And Tony was bringing up the sack total and obviously the impact he had with that. But the strip sack, the spin move was one thing. The sack total was the other. But the strip sack and how that, besides a huge touchdown pass, that is among the most important plays on either side of the football now that will cause a dramatic change in the situation. And he was absolutely one of the best to ever do it, especially since they started gauging in the box score, the strip sack. Nobody has been better than Dwight Freeney at that. He goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Dwight Freeney. I remember, too, when Bill Poling, I know Jake had Bill on a little bit earlier, and, and Jake brought up a great question with Bill saying, hey, we remember that time when basically the entire football universe thought that you just made an awful pick. What are you doing? This guy's too small. He can't play the position. And he is going into the Hall of Fame. Reggie Wayne still waits. He will be in, and again, my guess, much like Mike Chappell's is next year. But uh, we shall see. Reggie Wayne, wide receiver at some point, will be in, but he is still waiting on that call. All right, 239-1070 is the number. Email address jmv at 1075thefan.com. Inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live, I'll jump in there with you guys coming up in a minute, too. We have Luke Bryan tickets, final pair this week to give away a little bit later on. You got the stream, the app, you have HD radio, and you have Bob Lovell, brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana. Joe Childers run CarX locations. Bob's waiting in the wings. Bob joins us next. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a I want you to be nice. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Bob Lovell coming up in a minute. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, top of the hour. Bob's got Indiana Sports Talk tonight. we got a busy weekend going on around here. Tony East is going to help maybe explain a little better than I did, right? What could end up being uh, the draft capital? We'll talk to Tony in the 4 o'clock hour. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, also shall be here, too. Uh, JMV, without a number one or a player in the second round, to me, isn't much capital to get a stud. What they say is, though, Kirk, they put it all together. And I'm not going to dismiss that at all. And I am not trying to, beyond what it should be, magnify the importance of Buddy Heald. I just think it's fair to ask the question, 
did you get back or did you get in return enough to justify what you ended up giving up in the moment? I'm not trying to overemphasize right now in winning because they're clearly, he watched last night, clearly they're not close to being that type of team. And I know that it is more for the future. I always just ask you, why not now? And was it worth it to make your team worse? And for those of you that are going to give me those analytics numbers about, well, this is when Buddy's in and takes this amount of shots and this, it is how teams defend you. And you guys are going to see it. I don't know how much you saw it last night because there was such a complete and utter lack of effort. But you guys, I promise, will end up seeing that at some point. It just will happen. And really, the whole Buddy Heel trade thing, I think we're all getting past that easily. I mean, hell, 24 hours plus later, we'll start getting past it. What is difficult to get past is the effort or lack thereof that we saw this team produce last night. Honestly, that was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for a team that we would like to believe is much better than that. Even with Steph Curry going for 42. I'm all for valid excuses. And Curry getting 42 is a valid excuse. But if you eyeballed that game for a moment in the second half, you absolutely have to feel the same way I do a day later. And if you watch Tyrese Halliburton play, that is a Tyrese Halliburton, healthy Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, really, I've never seen that Tyrese Halliburton. That last night was more than just a bad game. Or more than just a blank show type of game. That was not in it. And hopefully that's just one game. Hopefully you get used to it, being without Buddy Heald, whatever. But last night... That is not anything you want to put on tape and send out on the internet and say, hey, here's our product. I mean, hell, most of the second half, the only roars, the only clapping you heard was for Steph Curry and for Trace Jackson Davis. That's like an old 80s Pacers home environment. You don't want those without the curtain being down. So I would advise. You expect more. And I didn't. That's a bummer about it, too. I wanted to see them. And Listen, they can still do this with, what, the final three they have remaining before the All-Star break. But this was one of those. We had Golden State, the second of a back-to-back, getting in here early in the morning and just being better in all conceivable categories. And the biggest one that's not going to show up in the box score, at least there's no heading for it in the box score, is effort. And Rick Carlisle said as much after that game. You just can't have it. Cannot have it. You don't want to see it. That will make you a non-believer. That will make you a non-believer much more than them beating Charlotte or Toronto leading up to the All-Star break on the road to make you a believer. That takes away a lot. I did ask this question yesterday, and I think Damon answered it. JMV, when I was at Whiskey Business, you commented that you thought Doug McDermott played worse at the Fieldhouse. 
And he came up with the uh, the numbers at the field house. <laughs> he has not been a good shooter at the field house, let's just say. Now, you can make the argument, too. I mean, there are a lot of ways you can do it. Like analytics, you can make analytics sing whatever note you want them to sing most of the time. But when he was in Dallas with Rick Carlisle, he shot it really well for that particular amount of time. But when he was here, he was a much better three-point shooter on the road than he was in the field house. Again, you can make him say whatever you want him to say. It's just like the whole Buddy Heald thing. When I have to hear about Buddy Heald, well, this is the effect he had on the game. This is their record when he shoots more than this or plays more minutes than this. And I'm saying all you have to do is watch the defense and how they react to others compared to how they react to him. If it would concern you that Tyrese Halliburton doesn't have more room to work with because of the the respect that one guy brought, either coming off the bench or as a starter, I mean, there are more facets of basketball than shooting. I mean, we see the end result, and I know three is better than two, and that's a simple math of it, but... It is also this, even when he's not out there, I should say, even when he's in a slump, he's out there, he's going to get that respect that he has built and deserves throughout the NBA. That is just different around here. Skevies writes this, so yesterday I, like you and Alex, were disappointed in McBuckets for healed and was told, quote, just to admit you don't watch the game. So I guess we don't watch the game. Yeah, don't let the analytics nerds tell you that. You don't do that. Yeah, they're going to punch some numbers at you and going to get the slide rule out and the Texas Instruments calculator, and it's all going to make sense. And believe me, this all hopefully makes sense further down the road. It just doesn't right now. And I understand if you're like me and you want to live a little bit, you want to be able to to flourish and celebrate in the moment, we're not alone because there's been little to no opportunity, especially on a consistent basis, to do that around here in years for anything. So forgive us if we want a little bit, want a little bit of that celebration, even when they're not quite ready for prime time, if you will. I think everybody notices that. But the detriment to it all was just the overall lack of effort last night. I hope, and I don't expect I hope to never see that Tyrese Halliburton again. I that that was brutal to watch because he just wasn't interested. Absolutely brutal to watch. So hopefully that was the one and only time. Uh, last night was tough. All right, 239-1070. If you guys want to jump on here, we certainly can to get inside the lounge. The AAA membership lounge via YouTube Live. I didn't really understand this at all. Somebody sent me a tweet from uh, this would have been a tweet from 2013. <laughs> See, I'm trying to remember. This is from Noah. This was our interaction 11 years ago. I'm glad you're still the same. Keep it up. (laughs) Official gets hurt, and a two-man crew will work the Butler-GW game. I'm assuming that's A-10 George Washington game right there. Not sure if the official will return. 
Noah responds with, official gets hurt, a two-man. No. No, he he responds with me, and then I I respond back with, old, short, fat guy came up gimpy, not sure anything happened. (laughs) I'm glad to see nine years later nothing has changed. That's right. Hey, JMV, it was because of Buddy last night. They just killed their season, and it's a bummer. They made a huge mistake. Here's the problem with that, Nick. And while I'm bummed about it, too, and I think it makes them worse, obviously, you don't know because you don't know what this is going to do for the future. I mean, it could come back, and if it's a part of something big in that moment, there's a lot of celebration going on because they're winning and you're on the doorstep of doing something special, then we will look at this as a great deal. But there is no way... And I hate to use this, and I apologize. There is no way through any lens with that deal in the moment this team was not made worse. It just was. That's why you kept being told last night that it's the future. It's the future that we're looking at. And if you're somebody that has not seen any consistent winning and you're ready to start winning right now, um, you got dinged up a little bit yesterday. And that's, I think, what Nick is talking about right there. All right, Mike Wells coming up at the top of the hour. I'm sure he will uh, share that with us. I mentioned Butler has a big game coming up this weekend. A little bit more on that coming up as well. Indiana and Purdue tomorrow night. My Sycamores on the road in the Mo Valley. This concerns me. I don't need a Sycamore trip up at Missouri State. Don't need that. But you got a big college basketball weekend, high school-wise. Got the fellas going down the stretch of the regular season. And the girls have regional play throughout the state of Indiana, I believe. If not all, I'm assuming, right? All coming up tomorrow at around 1 or 4.30 in a couple of games. Got that for you as well. Tony East will help explain a little bit more for those of us that maybe aren't deeply entrenched into the world of analytics here. Uh, Tony East can help us out. He'll join us at 4.30. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, about the matchup between IU and Purdue, round number two, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. All right, 239-1070. If you're on hold, I'll get to you coming up. Luke Bryan tickets also coming up. And keep in mind, next week should be a humdinger. We start the week leading up to the NBA All-Star break, and it's much different here because all the festivities are here at Indy. And I don't know about you, but I plan on having some fun. I just feel a lot better if these guys play to the level in which you expect. They give you that effort to the level in which you expect, and we don't see anything like last night again. Now, if you're going to get torched and beaten down by players that are better like Curry, all right. But you cannot go out with the lack of effort that we witnessed last night. just can't happen. Got three games to get this thing on the right track before we all celebrate an NBA All-Star weekend here in the Circle City. 93-5107, the fan. The Ride with JMV. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. 93-5 and 107-5, the fan. A shout-out to J-Law spending a long Super Bowl weekend. Am I allowed to say Super Bowl here? Big game weekend? Spending a... 
Very lengthy competition weekend at Madeira Beach, Florida with friends. Have fun down there, J-Law. We miss you up here for real. Yeah, they're really uh, tight about saying big game. Has somebody copy written big game? Well, I think the NFL tried to a couple large years ago. Large contest. <laughs> Do something with that, NFL. La- very large contest <laughs> happening this weekend. I remember there was, what, the superb owl. That was a big thing a couple <laughs> years ago. <laughs> JMV, what makes this loss even worse 130-plus points to the Warriors that didn't even have Clay Thompson or Chris Paul. Some trades can disrupt or even hurt chemistry. Do you think that could happen since all the players loved Heal? I, I think it was obvious that was the case last night. And I think even some of you out there, you know, the old fart, crusty coach that said, well, that didn't happen on my watch, it does. That's why I asked Tucker Barnhart that. He said, yep, that is real. And I think... I think we saw it. Now, it's BS because that effort was BS. But I think you saw it last night without question. Thank you very much for that. 239-1070. Matthew used to be in Maine, and now Matthew, awesomely enough, is in Indy with us. It was great to see you yesterday. Yes, JMV, it was. I'm sorry I couldn't stay, but I was called away to a basketball game because I was told that first on my Hoosier to-do list is to embrace that sport. That's awesome. You got to do it. Where'd you go watch? Uh, Southport Middle School. Did you really? I did. My friend's daughter plays there. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I do. I know exactly who you're talking about right there. So, yep. I play every Sunday at the Southport High School Fieldhouse. It's one of the greatest places to play of all time. And I love every moment there. But anyway, it was great to see you and thanks for coming by. Oh, you're welcome. I can't wait for the next one. Next Thursday, downtown at Brothers. What else you got, Matthew? All right. Now, be honest with me. Yes. Are are you guys teasing me with this weather right now? Yeah, there may be a little bit of that. We're going to pay for it at some point. Like, we'll pay for it. You, You don't have a day like this this early in February without paying for it in some way. That's awesome. Can't wait for that. (laughs) <laughs> but i mean you're from maine so you're used to it there's nothing for you nothing that's true i'm just i'm definitely not used to a day like today i mean so i had just no doubt. Had, had to go straight to the source there <laughs> there is no doubt what else you got matthew i think that's pretty much it for for now just wanted to call and say hi well we'll do it again next thursday too and i'll talk to you tomorrow night during the jmv takeover i'm assuming oh yes that's right Thank you, Matthew. Great to see you yesterday. All right, you too. Thank you. Uh, back to the phone from Matthew to Gary at 239-1070. Gary, thanks for the call. Yeah. Hey, JMV, I talked to you yesterday. Um, I still agree. I, I don't think the trade was I – don't, I don't understand it at all. Um, and I think it messed the chemistry up. And that's why you saw the effort you saw last night. I don't think there's any doubt. That it messed with their heads last night, and, and but however, the the lack of effort, I, regardless of the situation, I thought it was embarrassing last night, and I, I never, I hope to never see Halliburton like that because he he had a level of uninterest that was alarming for a guy that you would never expect to see that out of. I agree. Uh, it it it. Mm. 
made me think of Old Depot and Paul George and like, oh God, here we go again. Mm. Yeah, oh, man, do don't say that. That's bad territory sorry. right there, Gary. So sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it made me think of like if, if you disappoint the star, then they might bolt. Well, NBA players can all they they all can you know demand what they want. So. Maybe, and thank you for the call, Gary. You have an outstanding weekend. Hopefully this is just kind of a one-off because that happened during that day. I just, yeah, I hope not. Hope not. I I do think, again, that trade's going to have an effect. It just will. Some of the dorks are doing math that may not have an effect on them, and they'll tell me 19 different ways that I'm wrong, but you will just be able to see it. But they looked off last night, and I don't have any question as to that deal and the loss of that teammate had that quick turnaround effect on them. I think you saw it last night without question. Hey, by the way, this is a big day in film history. If you guys are watching inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live right now, you see the shirt I have on. This is not the Golden State Warriors. This is the film, The Warriors. This date in 1979, the Walter Hill Classic, where the Warriors, a gang from Brooklyn, New York, went to an all-New York City gang meeting. Thereupon, Cyrus, the leader of all the gangs, unfortunately was smoked, and the blame was thrust upon the Warriors, and they had to fight, or if you watch the film enough, bop their way back from the Bronx to Brooklyn in a night and fighting with other gangs and uh, policemen. It is simply put, if that makes you interested if you've never seen it, an absolute cinematic classic, The Warriors, on this date back in 1979. Well done. Quick break. We'll come back. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio and Tony East will help explain maybe something we're not completely getting regarding this trade. That's coming up next. The Ride with JMV. Here's Jenny! Don't! David Letterman! Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. Don't! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Crank it up here, James. We're doing this one for the ladies. H-Town boys kicking it with my boy Luke. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. We're getting close to Valentine's Day, so we thought our friend Mike Wells should check the verse. Last night, I'm talking about when we made sweet love. Listening to some Marvin Gaye all night long. That old thing back. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Won't you? So won't you? Oh, here we go, Jay, right here. I'm ready. Here we go. Good love of Bonnie Rockin' Knocker Boots all night long. Yeah. <laughs> Making love until the break of dawn. Let me tell you something here, Mike. Let me tell you something. That line, good love and body rock and 
Knocking boots all night long is one of the best lines of the 1990s right there. Would you not agree? Oh, man, without it. I mean, listen, (laughs) at at some point, the young heads are going to listen to you and I. I know. like, damn. I know. J&B and Mike Wells, always some of that 90s baby-making, love-making music, R&B style. I'm telling you. I need to go check it out. They need to get on that. That that is at the top of the list of he and she and music right there of the nineteen nineties. It does not get any better than that. And I know I know it's not Valentine's Day. I know we're like five days away and all, but we're not going to have you on uh, again until after Valentine's Day. So I thought we'll go with H Town and and knocking boots right here. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what in the month of uh, November, December. How many newborns are coming in around the, <laughs> around uh, December fourteenth or so? How many new little, little 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 types are coming into the world around that time, man? Hey, most important, next Friday, yeah. please tell me you're going to be broadcasting for the convention center or something. Where are you broadcasting at next Friday? Um, well, right now I'm here because at some point I've got what what do you got here, James? Hold on a second, James has got breaking news. Uh well I'm not okay I'm not actually sure if I'm if I should what is it yeah, I'll just I'll just pass you my phone and you can read it and you can decide oh, if I'm okay. supposed to share this uh, oh, on okay. air <laughs> sorry Mike it's something you can't share on the air I think I was gonna break Ooh. some news right here but no I um I, I think I got something I got something going on I I don't know if I'm allowed to say it just yet but it is going to be a big deal I will say that but I I'll try to work around it so what are we talking about here listen because I want I want to be I'm gonna be downtown. I'm actually staying in the media hotel all star weekend, so I'm going to be down there, and I got, I'm going to have time to kill prior to the uh, Rising Stars game on Friday night. So if you were broadcasting live somewhere, I was going to come hang with you, have a uh, a beverage or two, and yes. we're going to go enjoy ourselves. We um well, I'll tell you a little something. I, I I'm not allowed to. I don't think I'm allowed to share this publicly just yet about something that is going to to go down and I'll let you know and yes we'll we'll work that out. Okay? Cuz you want to you also want to be doing this, I guarantee it. So All right, no no no, good a hey, good deal with that and um how come you're not in the celebrity game, man? I can look folks up you up, man. You believe that? You believe that? I why am I not in there? They put these YouTube influencers on there and stuff, people that can't play a lick. I get no love whatsoever. You believe that? Yeah, man. They don't realize that your range is anywhere inside that quarter. Yeah, it doesn't don't. matter where you're at. Take no that. love for yes. you, man. They got, uh, what's his name, Isaiah? Quincy Isaiah? Is that his name that would play Magic Johnson in Winning Time on HBO? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in that, I think. But he's only 6'3". I mean, hell, I could take him, too. Man, that, that, that's just, I, I, I'm Jack, man. I, I can't wait. I know we got to talk about the trade. You know, trading Buddy Hill, but I, I can't wait for next weekend, man. This is going to be great for the city. It's going to be hopefully only if, only if the weather was like this, the way it is today next week. That that would make it even better, man. But I, I can't wait for All Star Weekend to get here. Me too. And uh, are you now? Did, did they give you a media credential? Are you going to be able to go to the event? Um, Friday, I don't Friday, have Friday? I don't have anything right now. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But I am going to. I'm going to find stuff for us to do. Um, that, you know, like I'm looking at the Nelly thing. I'm looking at some parties and things that, uh, at the very least we can go and say we were there. So I, I'm not going to let you down. I promise. That's promise. why you might do, man. I can't, I cannot, I cannot wait 
for that to happen, man. But uh, I, hey, I know you you were not surprised. You called you called Buddy Hill for weeks, man. You 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 figured Buddy was gone um, at the deadline, and you could you know look, looking at the end of the season, he wasn't gonna be here next season. But you may so you weren't shocked by it, right? Well, honestly, I talked to Chad Buchanan a week prior, and I kind of got the feeling that they were going to stick. And Mike, my argument on Buddy Heald is this. I understand there are a myriad of reasons as to why the Pacers dealt him. Um, and, and, you know, especially the one further down the road, I just hate hearing about draft capital, right? But I understand how important it is when you're talking about still building a team, again, down that road. My problem is that did you get enough in return that justified shipping him off and, for example, having a team look as disinterested as it did last night and getting worked over by Golden State. That is what I would question. Did you get enough for when that happens, for when they make a deal and we're all thrilled and we remember the time we were complaining about trading Buddy trading Buddy Heald and you wonder why you even said it. But did they get enough in return? Because I think they just right now stand with a second rounder, right? And then with Doug McDonald. Dermott coming in, did you get enough to justify that upsetting the situation as clearly they did? And we saw that last night with that loss to Golden State. Here's the thing. What people need to ask themselves is, while Buddy Hill long-term wasn't going to be here, and while Buddy Hill probably, you know, clearly, you know, did not, did not like, you know, his, his the way his minutes were going, you got to ask yourself, who is more likely to have that game where he's just going to go off and hit seven or eight three-pointers to be a difference maker? Don't get me wrong. I've, I've been a big Doug McDermott fan since he was playing for his pops at Creighton. But if you, when you think of where the Patriots are five games above 500 and what their hopes and expectations are, you're more of a bucket getter, a guy who can just take over a game. You're getting more of that from Buddy Hill than you would get from Doug McDermott. So I saw your tweet yesterday when somebody mentioned draft capital, and I think you put it in. You quote tweeted it in yeah. quotes yeah. and essentially, you know, said you're tired of draft capital. Well, so it, yeah. seems, it seems like this might be the first move you've been upset about them with the Patriots this year because it's been a lot. We've had a lot of positive things to say about the blue and gold all season. I, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us, and you're right about that. I was actually during the show yesterday. I was on location at Whiskey Business, and I was I was texting with with uh, Chad Buchanan about it and you know they know that i make fun of draft capital now that's not without understanding how valuable it is it, it, we just don't have that true understanding until you pull off a deal for example for pascal siakam you know then we all go oh yeah well that's really good that's a smart move my thought is did you acquire enough of that now to upset again as we saw with this pacer team last night and and tyrese Halliburton was unlike i've ever seen him as disinterested as I've ever seen him. And maybe that's just one game. Hopefully it's just one game. But clearly you upset that last night. And, Mike, even when he's going through a slump, even when he's not knocking down threes, they, being the other team, have to scout and prepare for him. And automatically he gets that respect, make or miss, every single night that creates space for this team to be better and for Tyrese Halliburton to work. And I just wonder, even in the last year when you know he's not going to return, all right, he's not coming back, can you not live in this moment, right, and also 
be protective of the future? That's what I want to know. That's all I want to know. And Chad's going to join me on Monday and have an answer for it. But, you know, last night it didn't look like that that was the case at all. So that's, that's, an, that's an alarming thing because you look at where, I mean, for as good as the Patriots have been at times this season, I mean, they've, they've we've, we've, we've watched what they've done in Milwaukee. We've seen them come from behind and beat the Celtics. They, you know, number of games, they've been, you know, they've been right in the mix of things. The reality is, Jay. Yeah, we're they're here. Only the, they're, okay. they're, they're, on the, they're only the sixth seed in the Eastern yeah. Conference. Yeah. And they're only uh, a half a game over eighth seed of uh, Orlando. Yeah. So it's not like they're sitting in the top four seed where they're, you know, sitting pretty with one of the top four seeds in the East. They're in that they're in that position that you know we've been accustomed to where they're flirting toward the bottom of the Eastern Conference. And for as good as Halliburton has been, and, and his All Star level he's played at, people were talking about him being an MVP candidate during one stretch in this season. And the additional the, the additional of uh, Siakam, it's not like they're blowing away the rest of the conference. Hey Mike, I'm being very selfish because I want. I want what hopefully is going to be at the end with this vision that this this group has in mind right now. But it has been so long since there's been any winning of any kind around here. I am being selfish because I want to see it right now. I want to be able to, at least at a certain level, be able to celebrate that right now while also having in mind the vision of the future and not messing that up or, you know, staying within the vision, the focus, the parameters that clearly you're building right now. I'm selfish. I want it all. I just thought some of that right now, this season was taken away yesterday. I'm going to say, I'm going to say skip the future, man. We have been hearing the word the future out of the two professional teams in this town for a number of years now, between the Colts and the Patriots. I'm uh, preparing ourselves to set ourselves up to be good in the future. Forget that. Embrace it. Embrace it and say, hey, we've shown with this group what we can do. Let, you know, Buddy Hill goes elsewhere in free agency this, this offseason. You know, let him go. But for now, we're going to sit there and see what we can do, what we can do to, to move up the ladder in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they're going they're going into New York tomorrow. What we just saw, it seemed like it was just yesterday. The Janet, well, it does feel like yesterday. Was, uh, Brunson put up a 40-piece on them last week. So they're going right back on the road against them. Um and so there, there's just so many things to sit here and look at with this franchise. Like, hopefully this is not going to be set back. Because you're right. I I was flicking back and forth with the game last night, and that was, ooh. Yeah, it was awful. Was, it was awful. And, and it was more, especially in the second half, it was lack of effort. That is something you never want to see. And I, I was shocked at watching the interest level, the engagement that Tyrese Halliburton had. I was shocked. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a one-off. I'm gonna call. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say okay. I think no, that's no, fair. No, that's no. absolutely fair. Yes, I, I would I'm agree. A, with I'm you. gonna call. Like I wouldn't be shocked between what Brunson did to them a couple, you know, last week and the fact that he's coming off a boo-boo game where Steph Curry goes up and puts up a forty piece to make eleven three pointers against them. I would not be shocked that Halliburton has one of those games where he gets. <clears throat> excuse me. You know. 25 to 30 points a game, 13, 14 assists with only one or two turnovers. I would, I, I, that would not be surprising one bit. No. I, no listen, I, I would agree with you. I just – that was last night. It was just surprising because of the lack of engagement that he had. I mean, it was really – it was truly going yeah, through the motions last night. And I, like I talked to Tucker Barnhart a little bit earlier today off the air, and he said, hey, that's a real thing. 
when you trade somebody from your locker room or your clubhouse that in the case of Buddy is that significant for the harmony within that group and especially your leader, your elite level player that he's been around for four years, been a mentor, a brother too, that in that quick turnaround, right? Within a couple of hours of the trade, you're going to get on the floor. That can have a profound effect on you. He said that he experienced that in the Reds locker room, and he certainly saw that last night in the Pacers. Man, man, listen, and we know Tuck, Tucker's been in, in, in playing Major League Baseball for quite some time right now. Shout out to him for playing with Simon with the Diamondbacks, too. But, uh, yeah, it, it is. I mean, this is not a deal where Halliburton and he were just teammates here going back to the Sacramento days. Um, no matter what Halliburton has, he has to get it fixed. He has, he can't have another game where he only takes seven shots, scores five, uh, only scores five points. Those are, he has those type of performances. I don't care if Siakam or not. The Pacers are not going to, they're not going to, they won't remain above 500 if he plays at that type of level for, for if he has a stretch of number of games where he struggles from the field or he just seems like he'd rather be anywhere but on the basketball court. I, well, I, completely agree that that's a one-off i look at that as a one-off too i just it was tough to it was tough to watch for sure yeah so it'll it'll uh i can't I, man i wish chad began when he came on this, uh this afternoon that would have been great a day after i tried i uh, yeah i mean i i tried he said i think he was he said he's on the road with him right now and and uh he was coming on 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 monday when he gives me an opportunity to cool down <laughs> I swear to you, if you listen to that press conference after the game last night at all, he he went like 40 seconds in and went uh, draft capital three times. I swear to you, he was talking to me. That was like for me uh, right there. Somebody who hates. Were, I'm so sick of that around here. Draft capital and cap space. I am so stinking tired of hearing about that around here. It was almost like it was meant for me. It probably was. I mean, it probably was, and I'm sure you were cuss- you were cussing them out as you were saying. You were cussing them out in your head, <laughs> saying, "Damn it, stop saying that! Don't be saying that!" It was tough. Not be saying that. So, all right, so here, all right, all right. Let's play. Let's play the what if game. Yeah. You know, let, let's go ahead and play the hypothetical game. With what they've done, the addition of Siakam. Um. Yeah, I'm not getting too excited about McDermott. He's just a uh, situa- situational player. Do you think? The, the Pacers, when it's all said and done, they will leapfrog any of the five. Actually, you know, I think they'll get ahead of Philly because without, without Joel and B, that's big. Do you think they have a chance to jump up to the fourth spot, which means getting ahead of the Knicks or the Bucks or even the Cavaliers? I, I don't. I don't because I, I think you saw the Knicks. The difference in that trade deadline, the Knicks clearly go all in with this, and now they're going to be without OG Ananobi for a minute. But they clearly went all in with uh, bringing in uh, Bogdanovich and, and Burks in the fashion in which they did. So, yeah, I don't think you get them. You're not going to get the Bucks. Um, I don't think the Bucks are going to lose to other teams and, you know, the level in which that. So, in the Cavaliers, I don't know if you find anybody in the NBA right now playing better than Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers. What are they, 15 and 1 in the last 16 it, games? It is. They are on a run. And you know what? We saw them a couple of different times play the Pacers earlier this season, and it, it is night and day. It's like a 180 compared to what we witnessed when they played the Pacers to what we have seen them in the past month. They've all absolutely been on fire. Yeah. Uh, so you got you, you, the Pacers' best hope, in my opinion. Again, I think 
not having Joel Embiid is going to going to kill Philly. I can see the Pacers doing enough to move ahead of Philly in the Eastern Conference, but you got to hope that this is you know what Cleveland's doing now, winning 15 out of the last 16 games. They're gonna the water's going to level level off and yeah. they'll come back to earth. But beyond that, I think they're set. And I'm never going against their expulsion. I know Miami has not been anything close to what we what we you know what we've seen out of them in recent years, but as long as their exposure, Jimmy Butler, Butler and company are still out there, I'm not going to count them all. So they, they got the heat breathing on their necks still. So it, it's going to be interesting how the rest of the season shakes out. The schedule is in the Pacers' favor, uh, playing a lot of teams with losing records. So, you know, hopefully they, they don't have any of those meltdown, those letdown games where they lose where they should have easily beat the team. Yeah, you think about this too. Orlando's had absolute ownership over the Pacers so far this year, and they're they're right behind them right now too. I, you know, the the word was that Orlando was trying to make a heavy pitch for Buddy Hield too. And you think about, you know, obviously if Embiid comes back with Buddy Hield, it's going to be interesting to see because when Embiid gets double teamed, for example, maybe triple teamed sometimes, how many absolute step into three-point wide-open looks he gets. But we'll see upon that return. But I was thinking about Buddy Heald and what he could have been with that group in Orlando, that young group that's very athletic, fast-paced, get a lot of space with them as well. They're just kind of lacking a point guard in Orlando. But uh, that was evidently a thought that Orlando had some interest to. But we we shall see. I, I don't know if we're going to see a great deal of moving up, probably more – maintaining hopefully than anything else. I think that's what you got to hope for. So is that a disappointment if it's just maintaining? Um, because it, I, you, I, you, I couldn't you, tell you, you. I couldn't tell you until I see the way this plays out. Is that fair? I just don't know. It depends on how it plays out. Because, I mean, it's crazy how our tune has slightly changed some because I, th- I think we can agree you and I have been sipping that, that, that blue and gold Kool-Aid um, several weeks ago when they were playing at a high level, when they were doing things in the in-season tournament. And now it's just kind of like they they have come down to earth a little bit, just a little bit. And you got to hope that th- this is just a, just a rut that they're in. And let's get through, let, let them get through these three games, Knicks, Charlotte, and Toronto, and get to the break so they can get to the second half of the season. Need to change that thought around, no question about it. Hey, I want to get back to All Star Weekend. I saw our friend DJ Gino, uh, yeah, DJ Gino has uh, putting on a show with, uh, among others, Rakim and Chub Rock. What? Hey, treat him right. Treat him right. I'm telling you, some Rakim right there. Man, I saw Eric hey. B was at the Heat game earlier this week. I didn't know he did anything anymore. I think once once they split, he was like Oats and Hall and Oats. You just go, uh, wait a minute, what am I going to do now? What am I doing here? Wait a minute. What's happening? Yeah, you know, I saw something, man. Everything seems to be spread out for All-Star Weekend. I saw something's going on at Dave and Buster's up at Castleton. Yeah. I thought everything would be downtown and make everything producer, but I see it's going to be a lot. Hey, the Uber drivers are going to be in heaven next weekend because everything's so spread out around the city. Yeah, I think uh, they got something going on in Newfields, right, I believe. Does uh, yep. George Hill got George, something hey, going on there? George, hey, George Hill, uh, I think our boy Amp Harris is putting a party on. Hint, 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 Amp. Uh, over at Newfield uh, next week. <laughs> exactly, you got that. Yeah, there's it's uh, it's going to be a fun week too, and that's that's one you celebrate. It'd be nice, it'd be great if next week weather wise was this week weather wise. This has been perfect for February. Hey, exactly, exactly. Hey, uh, you bring you bring in our girl Lainey downtown at all? 
Oh, that's a good question. We're going down to see Center Grove in Bedford, North Lawrence tomorrow in the midday. They play at BNL in the regional. That's going to be a hum the defending the defending champion and uh Center Grove tomorrow. They met in the semi state hey. last year. BNL won. The Bedford North Lawrence head coach is a longtime friend of mine. So I'll go watch you that. Taking the, you, you, you taking the entire Center Grove uh Center Grove Middle School basketball team and the coach. Uh, I got to hustle ass back up here by Saturday night at 6 o'clock. So I'll probably just take Lainey and like make her walk from 69 over to 144 to my house or to our house, I should say. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, can you cut a path through there? Because I got to get downtown. But no, we're going to go watch a little little ball, I think, uh, midday tomorrow. I'll try to get hey, back yeah, in time. Yeah. Hey, hey, Bedford North got a girl, a young lady who's going to Alabama. Yes, I think her name is Chloe Spreen, I believe is her name. She is a very good player going to Alabama for real. Well, Jeff Allen, we've talked about this before. Jeff Allen, their head coach, played in the early 80s. He went to Vincennes for two years from my high school, Eastern Green, and uh, and then transferred after two years of Vincennes. He went to DePaul when DePaul was really good. He was uh, in the years, I think he was after Mark Aguirre, but was there with maybe a year with Terry Cummings, Tyrone Corbin, and uh, some of those early 80s. He, He may have spent one year with Ray Meyer and then transitioned to Joey Meyer. I can't remember, but that's back when DePaul was among the best teams in college basketball. Man, nice, man. Hey, I'm hoping, but I don't uh, think he ever played. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't think he played very much, but he was there. He was holding it down. Uh, he was probably enjoying life on campus, though, saying he played on the basketball team. Yes, indeed. And he's had, obviously, his daughters. Yeah. Has had missed basketballs, and you know I think he has one still playing at DePaul, one played at Michigan State. The one playing at DePaul started at IU, so I think she was recruited by Terry Morin. But uh, he's had uh, a, a number um, of those that uh, have played really well uh, from his family. Pretty impressive. He's a really good coach, too. So I'm going to go down and watch them tomorrow and come back up here and play the hits for everybody. Mike, how's everything going over there? How's everything with Layla and uh, – Brownsburg. Uh, and- hey, 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 Layla had a sick bug. She had to miss miss a game last what? night. She was she was not too happy. Um, she's been she had been knocked out since Tuesday. Man, and she went back to school today. Um, slowly getting back, but yeah, she was not up. She was not happy. She had to miss a game. I I, I had to tell her it's just middle school basketball, kiddo. That's Only the, middle school basketball, so we'll we'll be all right. But see, she, I need to, I need to be more like you. Back. I said, Lenny, I said, get your ass up and go. <laughs> Just go. Hey, get up and go. Hey, I, I I heard our girl Lenny had a good game on Monday. Nah, too, she man. did. Yeah, she did. All right. So good. Good times. Good time. Get a little. It's uh. It what? It's a wonder what you can do with a little uh little effort, right? A little want to, a little clock mixed in. That's what we're talking about with the Pacers from last night. Didn't get a lot of uh, that want to, but it's it's amazing. We've always talked about this too, and um, I, I've always said this that that effort is skill. Effort is a skill, and sometimes that's forgotten. And you know, as much as you know, we, we talk about our girls. You talk about Tyrese Halliburton and the elite level player he is. Effort, continuous effort, is also a skill, and uh, don't let anybody forget that. You're right about that, brother, man. Hey, you guys have a great – enjoy that father-daughter time tomorrow. Going down oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Then we got to do the Super Bowl buffet. 
at the house on Sunday, which Ooh, which means what, 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 they asked for all this food. We set up on a table, a buffet table, and I get all this food out there, and then they end up eating popcorn and Cheetos, and that's it, and I have all this food just sitting there. Hey, <laughs> um, kids, I tell you, brother, man. Hey, hey. Hey, have a great weekend, yeah. man, and I will uh, talk to you next week. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. I have something set up for you, a number of parties we will hit. It's a Mike Wells, Podcast 1075thefan.com, AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Tony East will help explain to me, hopefully in, in fuller and more detail, about what exactly went down yesterday and the longer-term effect. Tony East covers the Pacers, that and more. He joins us next. The Ride with JMV. There's a kid in my class that got a boner at P.E. in high school. He was wearing sweatpants. It's really embarrassing, so this song goes out to him. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mike Wells a little bit earlier. We are ready to have us a party next week. You guys with us? Forkin Korkmaz officially waived, which now opens up a roster spot. For the Pacers, we'll see. We'll see whether or not I guess they're going to be looking into a, a buyout market, which has uh, formed line-wise uh, as of yesterday, uh, even more so. Uh, we'll talk about that and more. Tony East, who is always really good to the show, talking Pacers and then some. Uh, SI Pacers Forum Sports, WTHR.com, Locked On Pacers in incredible podcasting events and more. Tony East is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I'll kind of bury the lead here a little bit with you. So what do you think they're going to do with that roster spot? Uh, anything is my general answer. It's weird because <laughs> do I have a chance? Do I have a chance? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'll take a 10-day. I don't think it would go very well, but, man, would I take the cash. Um, it, you know, it's interesting because with McDermott in, like, they don't really have a, an immediate need of, like, this is the obvious position they should target or they need somebody here. So maybe you just wait and see kind of what these next two, three weeks look like. You know, maybe you want to pursue a different backup three if one's available. Maybe you want some more depth at a different spot. And that's what they do. And in the interim, they could do some 10-days or – you know, see if any mad answer worthy of getting called up. They've done that almost every season that I've covered the team. So I don't think we'll see it filled right away, but I've been wrong before, including yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, yesterday yesterday was wild, and I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not taking credit for I guess I kind of am. Uh, I was texting back and forth with, with Chad Buchanan yesterday during the show when I was on location, and I I wasn't thrilled with the deal, to be honest with you. Uh, with you. Uh, not thrilled with it. I, I can understand it, but wasn't thrilled with it. And I make fun of draft capital all the time while also understanding the importance of it. But when he dropped three draft capitals in in a 40-second time span after the game last night, I'm thinking, man, that stuff is directed right at me. There's no doubt. There's like three of them in 40 seconds. Some people picture the audience in their underwear. He pictured you sitting in every empty seat in that room. Yeah, exactly, going. I'm making sure JMB hears this. I mean, all he needed to add was like uh, to the numb nuts out there that doesn't think draft capital is that important. So that's all well, we needed to do. I mean, the thing I'll say for them specifically is like I understand where you're coming from, right? Especially when it's a second-round pick. It doesn't sound like the most exciting thing ever. But after trading away three first-round picks and now with the new second-round pick exceptions, not to get too nerdy, like 
those are pretty valuable. And for a Pacers team specifically that is going to need to be able to add young guys in the next three years after trading away three firsts, getting a decent pick does have specific value to them, even if, you know, getting worse and, and selling on a guy who's valuable to you right after trading for Pascal Siakam is certainly a little strange. So, and Tony East joins us. So here's the question. Does the value in looking to the long-term future and what they ended up out of this, which I guess sitting here right now is a second-rounder and uh, Dougie McBucket's coming over here for a couple of months, does that outweigh what is missing and how you make this team worse in the present? Um, may, maybe. <laughs> you know, and and I, uh, I know we don't have a crystal ball to really yeah, know that. I mean, but. that's the, my terrible, my terrible sit on the fence answer. Um, you know, I, like the, the, what you're really asking is like, how much is the downgrade for Buddy Hill to Doug McDermott? And the answer could be a lot because McDermott is like, this is the first year that he's like a noticeably a little slower at least, but it's weird because the Spurs have just no one who can pass, right? Like they are stuck in the mud on offense all the time. So I'll be curious what he looks like on like a much more competent offensive system with guys who can actually set him up because with the Pacers before, I mean, you, you remember it, that dude started in the left corner, every possession and flew out of there and defenses freaked out. And then something happened, right? So if he can do that, still he's shooting over 40% from three again, like that will provide value to the Pacers. How much of healed will he be? You know, this is a term people use all the time. Is he 60% of him? Is he 80% of him? The higher that percentage is, the less the drop-off is. Obviously, it's hard to tell because the Spurs are a mess. But, you know, I think Chad kind of nailed it with what they they could hope to do with the draft capital in the future and why it's important, right? Like, last year, they ended up trading away their extra pick to get a pick that they traded for Pascal Siakam. They could do what they did a couple years ago when they traded a good second-rounder in Aaron Holiday for the pick that became Isaiah Jackson, right? Like, that kind of stuff is hard to predict right now without knowing the draft order or – knowing how the Pacers end this season or any sort of number of things. It's hard to say. But I think that that is, you know, again, with the changing kind of dynamics of the second round and all sorts of stuff, that's what will be interesting to me is what do they do with it in June and July? And if that can help them get something important for their team now or even just an extra good player for their youth pipeline, that could end up actually being pretty high value for their, you know, for their long term. So, I'm receptive to that, even though I think it is – I mean, I thought it was kind of low value for Buddy Heald, even though I get why they did it, especially with Doyle reporting in the Star this morning that you know Heald kind of wanted to be traded. Yeah, and, and while I understand all that too, certainly he didn't have to, and certainly he was still going to play, and he was still going to be much more of a threat even when missing shots or slumping out there than, than most people will be from opposing defenses. However, I will ask you this, some uh, friendly advice from you to me. Do you think um, how I'm posting up here on Pro Buddy Healed, I'm not a fan of this deal, will I have to eat these words at some point when they pull off something more major that we really like, and then we look back at this as you know one of the, the staples of of that particular deal? Am I going to have to eat these words? Mm, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, like, do you think do you think trading away Buddy Heald, like, will dramatically change what their end-of-season result will be? Um, you know, do I don't think do it's going to dramatically do it, but I, I just I, – I, they're just not as good. Like, simply yeah, put, they're, they're simply not – they're not as good. And and I guess, I Tony, I also get a little pissed because I have to hear from people telling me that if he's not making, then he has no impact. And I think yeah, that's BS that's because that's he, he's out there and it creates more space 
for Tyrese Halliburton, for one, for everybody else out there, because he's a major focus. Uh, People lose him in defensive rotations, which gives others a pretty good look at things often, even when he's not making shots. And then we saw last night, and let's face it, 42 by Steph Curry is one thing, but the lack of effort and interest that we saw, especially from Halliburton, I thought was to a level in which I would never see from Halliburton last night. And you could dramatically tell that that deal and losing Buddy Heald like that had that profound effect on him. I think their effort was, was garbage last night, obviously. I don't think it was related to specifically trading away, buddy. I mean, you don't think Halliburton's lack—he he was listless last night. There was nothing I from thought, him. I, I actually thought he—he he was a little hurt. Like, okay. Not, I mean, yeah, maybe you're right, but like he got there was a point in the third quarter where he went down after a drive. Not like hurt her, but like he just got up really slow. Like, huh. it looked really mechanical. He was thinking about. It. I was like, man, is he like is he hurt? And I forget when it was in the first quarter. I just. Well, I didn't. I didn't gather that, but maybe I'm wrong about it because I've been. Like, I've been reading the riot act. I, I never wanted to see that again. It just. It looked like he didn't have much interest in participation. Oftentimes, with with sh- shooting and and with offense. I mean, not scoring until what the third quarter. So I'm, maybe you're right. I'd have to go back and look. I guess. I can't remember when it was. I thought he was hopping once, but I, like paying attention during that game when there was. So much crap I had to write. <laughs> Not the easiest. No, thing you also. might you but might I, be I, right. Maybe it's something I missed. I but, I thought it was more about that situation. It was anything else. I just that's what he looked like. Clear. I don't want to speak for him because I asked him if he was certain after the game. He said no. And everybody, had, I mean, except for Jalen Smith, who was like phenomenal. Yeah. Everybody had low effort last night. Like yeah. they, I mean, Rick was so so short with us because he was so mad at the effort after the game, and he should have been. Like they, every stat that's is about. You know, effort and energy that got smoked in, and even the ones the Pacers track that aren't public, like Jason loose balls and stuff like that. Rick said they they got destroyed, like twenty eight eleven, I think he said. So they, I mean, they just they, I mean, yeah, Steph was amazing, and at some point, there's nothing you can do about that. But they they lost, like pathetically, you know, like the effort losses are just for a team like this. Yeah, you you may be right. That's just not something I saw, and, I, and I, I, yeah, like I expect I, wanna... I expect this, Tony. To be a one-off, I don't expect to see him like that again. But I, I just thought that the total team effort, and then just his normal attention to all the details, it just wasn't there for me last night. Yeah, and I think Rick said that uh, they addressed the team about all their deadline moves something like right after three o'clock. So maybe it's reasonable to just think like in general that it was still something the team was thinking about. You know, they have to wait till the deadline's over, obviously, to tell them what everything that's done is. So it maybe it's something you're thinking about, right? Like you go through your pregame routine basically right after that if you're a player. So I think I think it's certainly possible. Like I asked Halberton because he's played one game in his whole career before last night where Buddy Heald was not his teammate, which is crazy to say out loud, right? So I, I asked yeah. him at the game, like, what was that like? You know, like every time he dunks, or has dunked at least. He, the first guy he looks at is Buddy Heald, right? Or like, there's a, you know, they pair very well together. Like a lot of the argument for starting Buddy Heald before was he plays well with Ty. Then he said it was weird. Like he straight up admitted that. He said it was weird. And he couldn't remember shooting up for a game without Buddy. It only happened once, right? But, um, you know, it, it, it's how it is. And, and I we will see. I, I agree with you that I don't think they'll do that again with the effort. But they yeah. – miserable well and and i had to get on him last week too because we saw 
at least in late in the fourth quarter, I thought a a similar lack of effort against the Knicks, where where, where the Knicks just collectively went at it so much harder than they did. Rebounding. Yeah, and that that was – and I think, Tony, with this group, the telltale sign of what we're talking about right now with that effort or lack thereof, I think it comes oftentimes in that rebounding column. I think we see it. Yeah, I agree. I know they're not a good rebounding team in general, but I think you can really – it can be magnified, for example, when you really don't see it. Yeah, and last night they did okay on on the defensive glass, but the Warriors aren't a good rebounding team. They got 10 offensive rebounds, and they're just – yeah, they got to be better in that way. Like, their guards last night, I think, combined for, like, four rebounds or something. One for Halberton, one for Nemhard, none for Mather, and none for Shepard, none for McConnell. Like, you don't – Think of guards as guys who need to rebound, right? You always think of the post players, but in the way the NBA's played today, the ball bounces off the rim farther on these threes all the time. And like, even you look at the Warriors, you know, they got five from Quinones, they got three from Moses Moody, they got seven from Pajemski. Like, that matters in the course of a game. And so to lose that part of the rebounding battle, and that's kind of the everything we get, like hustle over to get it, or you know, just try to try to go grab it. Like in the post, it was pretty even. Siakam and Turner had the same. Combined had more combined than the Warriors front court, right? And I'm not saying Turner and Siakam were like awesome on the glass last night, but you know they they in a lot of games have this problem. And that Knicks game specifically, I mean they were just miserable. That was horrible. But yeah, the, the Rockets even crushed them on the glass this week. They happened in that game, so yeah, they've got to be a little more focused on the glass, I think, going forward. I um, uh, Tony East joins us. Before I let you go, you mentioned um, Halliburton. You know what you thought? Maybe he got a bit dinged last night. I, I have said this about Miles. Miles hadn't looked right since Embiid, I don't think. Not, like, not what I think I normally see from him. And I know that he had, you know, he had a night off last week. I think it was an ankle. And I know that the, the, uh, the trainers have to really get involved with his back and get him loose and, and such to get him ready for games. But he, he looks like among a group that really needs to get some R&R during this NBA All-Star break. Hopefully he gets a little bit because he doesn't look right to me. You have my permission to call this the Dopirak curse because Dustin wrote a story about Miles had two games under 10 points through like very late January all season. And Dustin wrote this long story about Turner's consistency. And they had like five points in two of the next three games that he played and got hurt <laughs> twice. So this is, this is the Dustin curse uh, at its finest. Yeah, like he had, he struggled against Phoenix. Uh, at home, he struggled in that Knicks game. He was one of the guys who, you know, was not rebounding one up. He's been scoring okay, like of late, I think, out, out after that Knicks game. But yeah, and in general, you haven't felt Miles Turner the same way basically since. Yeah, you might be right. The Embiid game where he that was his best Embiid performance of his it was. career. It was. He was awesome that night. He didn't foul that much. He made his shots. That was his best Embiid performance by far. And then since then, he kind of has. I mean, he's again, he's been fine scoring, but in general, you haven't felt him the same way. So I agree with you. He's got a. Yeah. You know, especially as they're kind of navigating minutes for Halbert and injuries, just having their vets be as good as possible is kind of important. So, Tony East with us. You going to watch Buddy Heels debut with the Sixers tonight? I am. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing how that looks and um, what that means for him. I think that's a great fit for him. I'm guessing he'll start for them. So um, that's a good landing spot for Buddy Heels. Tell everybody what you're writing about. Goodness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Doug McDermott's fit, what we learned from the front office last night why they did everything they did. That Warriors game, I suppose I have to do. 
another story about uh, lots of stuff coming before, and I got to put it all in before All Star break. So lots, lots to come. Do you um? Did you check out the stats in the past at the Fieldhouse shooting wise for McDermott? <laughs> I forgot about his home road splits. Wasn't he like? Oh yeah, he's dreadful here. On the road, let me pull it up while we're talking. Yeah, he's always like. 50% on the road and 30% at home or something. Yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't feel like – and I mentioned this yesterday. It, it felt like he never hit a three-pointer at the field house. That's what it felt right, like. For, for his career – so this isn't, even, this isn't even just the Pacers. He's played 319 road games and 318 home games, right? This includes his time with the Bulls and the Spurs and everybody. 43.5% from three on the road, 38.8 at home. Five percent difference for just no reason at all. How about that? That's weird. <laughs> that is weird. Hey, that. well done. Thanks for uh, helping clarify this. And again, I'm going to fall back on you if I have to eat these words and this defense of the my buddy healed stance here. If uh, they come up with something bigger down the road that's more impactful, so I'll have to eat my words when I have you back on. We'll see. Well, I mean, look, that they are, it's admittedly, I think they'll say it too. Like it is a risk, right? Like that's yeah part of. Part of admitting it's a business is admitting that the trade you made is a risk. And if, if Buddy truly wanted out, like Doyle reported, that's something they have. That's a risk they might have had to take, basically. No, and yeah, yeah. well, and I, just, I just wonder if even in the now, even with what they have as an end result, if it was worth it to kind of upset things and to decline offense. Here's the other thing too: points per game. If they don't reach that threshold or at least get in the neighborhood of what they average, they rarely have a chance. So I agree. Yeah, they've been struggling a little more and some of that's just tied not being 100 percent, but yeah their offense has been down a little recently and you know i think people have written about this and i think it's been a little overblown but you know matherin specifically like his i don't think he's gonna play like a ton more i just think his role is going to change right so if he can be more efficient with the second unit i think that can keep them afloat specifically he's a, he's a key guy for me to watch these next three games before they can kind of practice during the all-star break a little bit yeah i always thought too the well it's going to open up more minutes for matherin Matherin would open up more minutes if he played more consistently. And that, to me, never had anything to do with Buddy Heald being on the team. But uh, we shall see. Tony, man, have a great weekend. Try to get away from it for a minute, too. Uh, yeah, you, you wish. I wish, you wish. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But thank you. Tony East, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Take care. Thanks. SI Pacers Forum Sports, WTHR.com, Locked on Pacers. It's uh, Tony East right there. Trying to make sense out of it. And Obi Toppin stays, by the way. Oh, you saw him last night. Quick break. We'll come back. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. IU Purdue coming up tomorrow. Round two. Mackey Arena in West Lafayette tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. We'll talk to the voice of the Hoosiers about that. And then some coming up after five. And Luke Bryan tickets not too far away. A final pair for this week for his show coming up in September at Ruoff Music Center. Your chance to win when you hear a Luke Bryan reentry is coming up. So don't go anywhere. 93.5107 by the fan. The Ride with JMV. I want you out in front of the school with her. I'd like to have a few words with you, by God. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. So we got IU Purdue coming up tomorrow. Encounter number two, Mac Arena, West Lafayette. 7P with Don Fisher, Eric Soar, and uh, John Herrick next door on WIBC. 8 o'clock is the tip. Tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock, Hinkle, you need to be rocking because your dogs need it. Don't be stumbling here with Providence at home.
first meeting was really weird. Remember? Three-point lead, didn't foul. Three-pointer made. But this is one you would like to see the dogs get and remain where they are on the right side of the buble right now. Providence Butler tomorrow, 2 o'clock. That is uh, something you can watch on Fox Sports 1. Big one for the dogs tomorrow. JMV, so I was looking at Obi Toppin last night, and he had a look of disinterest to him. I think the acquisition of Siakam has killed his minutes, and maybe he sees himself on the outs. It's off season. He was really excited when the season started, but now wants to move on. I, I didn't notice that, but honestly, Jeffrey, I didn't really look for it. Anybody else think that Halliburton was injured? I want to make sure that I'm fair on this, especially for a guy that's a great dude and an elite-level player. I felt it was just more disinterest and impact of healed being traded three hours before they suited up and played. Maybe I'm wrong. Tony East mentioned he thought maybe he got a little bit dinged. Anybody else see that? 239-1070. We'll talk about that coming up next. We got some anything goes in the six o'clock hour for you. You got Luke Bryan tickets too. Got Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, IU and Purdue Mackey Arena tomorrow night. Don set to join us next. The ride with JMV. Bill, I just have one question for you. What color is an orange? Ted, you bonehead. Its color is the same as its name, just like a lemon. 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. Oh, this has been a glorious Friday. Thank me later for the weather I've provided you, Central Indiana, because you know that's all me. How many of you played golf today? Just out of curiosity. Middle 60s sunshine. Now, I can't see. We don't have any windows in here right now. Uh, We're in a room box kind of thing. But when I got in here a little bit earlier, it was sunny. It was warm outside. So enjoy the day. Few and far between this time of year in February. And we always end up paying the price. You get a great day like this. And then you're going to get like nine or ten crap water days because of this. So keep that in mind. But uh, celebrate this one today. A lot on the Buddy Heald trade, the Pacers, the Warriors last night. Great ovation. I think most of Johnson County was in to see Trace Jackson Davis last night. It had been nice, considering the circumstances and really the way that the game was being played, how far in front they were. Kerr probably could have given a little bit more clock to Trace, I thought, last night. But he responded, immediately got in there, had an alley-oop dunk from Jonathan Kaminga. Johnson County celebrated. That was nice because really that was the only thing besides Steph Curry knocking down three after three after three on his way to 42 that anybody had a chance to cheer for anything last night because the Pacers were awful. Pacers coming up tomorrow on the road at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. You've got IU and Purdue, Mackey Arena, West Lafayette tomorrow night, round number two. And on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, the voice of the Hoosiers that's going to tell you about it all tomorrow night. 7 o'clock pregame, 93 WIBC, and 8 o'clock is that tip time from West Lafayette. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher with us. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Good. Are you studied? Are you well-read? Are you versed? Are you good to go? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got all that kind of stuff taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah, uh, I'm ready to go? When you do your um, Matt Painter interview, when does that happen? Uh, I do. I will probably do Matt tomorrow night, somewhere between six and six fifteen, six twenty. Then I'll do Woody after that, and. Uh, but Matt's always, yeah. always done an interview with me. And, of course, I've known him since he was basically a recruit yeah. for the Hoosiers at one point. <laughs> and then his, his scholarship got whisked away. It did. Mr. Leary. And next thing you know, he's at Purdue, which really bothers me. But other than that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, is, it is often interesting to think about how, had that not taken place, things could and might have been different. Interesting to think about. Right? That is. It yeah. really is. I mean, Matt's whole life changed when, when Indiana didn't take him. And he went to Purdue, and I can't. I would think that he can't have said anything different than it worked out for the absolute best for him. Well, and, <laughs> and your conversations are great. He just – he provides such tremendous content. I, I love talking to him because I just say, yeah. hey, what do you think about basketball? And he just brings it on a variety of different levels. So it's good, too, because it's probably becoming tougher, is it not, to get – Coaches on? Do you you struggle a little bit with getting absolutely everybody on like that? I'll tell you, yeah, we don't get everybody. Um, this year, there were two coaches that haven't done an interview with me, and uh, that's it. And as far as basketball, that's the only two guys that haven't done it. Jawan Howard being one, um, and then uh, the he new sounds guy, like a blast I, to be around. By the way, he does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trust me, it doesn't bother me that he doesn't do right. it. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Terry Mills does it. You know, uh, the color analyst for the Michigan uh, uh, program, and I obviously do him. And I've known Terry for years too. So, anyway, he, he does a good job. And and I won't take assistant coaches. Generally, I'm not saying I never would, but I've rarely ever taken an assistant coach on a pregame interview for one reason. They will tell you less than the head coach because <laughs> they don't want to get in trouble. If you know what I'm saying. When, so, when's the last um, time you took an assistant coach? I can't remember. That's how long yeah. it's been. Gotcha. No, I, I always if I can't get the head coach, then I go for the color analyst or the play-by-play guy for the opposing team, whoever that may be. But this year, there's only been two that have not done it. Juwan being one, and the new guy at Penn State. It is um, um oh yeah, yeah that I've guy. I got I got word into Mike Rhodes uh, through their SID um, that I didn't understand why he wouldn't do it, and and to let him know that he's the only one other than Jawan Howard. So if you want to be looped in with him, <laughs> don't do it anymore. <laughs> he's probably going hell. I'm gonna do three of them now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, I think he was. I don't think he was used to doing that at Virginia Commonwealth, where he was at previously. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, and I've got a couple people that know that are close to him at Penn State. The play-by-play guy, Steve Jones, and and then uh, Kincaid, who of course was an SID for Indiana for several years before he went back to Penn State. And those two guys are talking to him for me. So hopefully, we can get that done in the near future. Well, but yeah. in basketball, yeah. we almost get everybody almost every year. In football. We hardly get anybody anymore. It's amazing. And the, you know who does it in football? Who's that? The guy that's been there the longest in college football at in Big Ten football at Iowa is Kurt Ferentz. Yeah, and he's the nicest guy you'll ever talk to. He is absolutely the nicest guy. And let me tell you this: I, and as being a, a, a radio dude like me and a listener, I, I know this because I always think it's cool 
when I have a guest or a coach or a player, for example, that like like give a great example when you're talking to Greg Gard, you know, a couple three weeks ago, whenever it was, wow. he, he calls you after every question. Well, Don, and it is just casual, like you guys have known each other, and you right. probably have for years. I long for those types of conversations. I think it's so cool when you have those talks pregame wise, or you know, when I'm on here and it's just like you know, two guys at a table someplace talking about basketball and a situation with somebody's basketball team. It's so comfortable, and that's that's what I gather. For example, with Matt and with Greg Gard and others. It just it enhances the conversation so much it makes it even more enjoyable for me at least. Yeah. And, and 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 you know who another another guy always calls me fish, <laughs> and that's Fran McCaffrey. Yeah, we've been he, he when he became the head coach at Iowa the first year he was there I can't remember where we were at, but he was someplace where I was at in the stands, and I went up and introduced myself to him and I said Fran I remember when you were at Notre Dame and you you were working for Digger and all that kind of stuff. And we got into this great conversation about, about Digger Phelps and, and some of the things that he did <laughs> as a head coach. <laughs> and and uh, he was great to talk to. And I know our Indiana-based fans don't like Fran all that much because of a couple of times he's come down and gotten in our huddle here in recent years. But I've never let that get in our way. And every time I go to, to uh, Iowa, I get an interview with him. And he's always been – uh, ready to do it. The other guy that's great at doing it is Brad Underwood at Illinois. And you know why? He was a telecom major in yeah. college. Yeah. And, and he respects the role that guys in broadcasting do. You know what I mean? Right. So that's that's the reason. And and like I said, most of these guys are just great to deal with. Hey, answer that really quick and see who it is. No, I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> you know who it is then, don't you? That's no, why you're I not. I don't know who it is, but I'm telling you, it's a Fort Wayne number. And I guarantee it's somebody I don't know. So. <laughs> I know you're going to say it's a Fort Wayne number. I guarantee it's somebody I don't want to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any idea. Well, awesome. I do have an idea, but I doubt it, Tim. Oh, it's a Don Fisher voice of the Hoosiers with us. But you mentioned <laughs> Underwood, too. Yeah, he seemed like a guy that gets it. I, I heard him. I can't remember where this was, where he was talking about, you know, being on TV and ranting and raving is one thing. But I think he said his daughter had said, hey, you need to drop some weight here. I don't know how great you look on TV when you're ranting and raving. <laughs> he dropped some weight because of that. I thought that was awesome. He does seem like, you know, through that, and Fred McCaffrey's the same thing because he seems like a really good dude until a metamorphosis occurs and he's a, you know, a raving lunatic when he's coaching. But Underwood's kind of the same way. They just seem like great basketball conversations just outside the window in which they're coaching in an actual game. Well, and then the other guy that's like that too is Tom Izzo. And Tom Izzo can, I mean, when you watch him on the bench sometimes, he's talking to his players and he's just getting in their face and he's gritting. (laughs) (laughs) And all the machinations he goes through on the bench and stuff and you think, Gosh, I would never want to talk to that. Guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You get a preconceived notion. Yeah. Yeah. He just he's a wonderful guy to talk to and, and I've known him since he was a GA under Jet Heathcote. So we get along really well too. I I've had so many conversations for him that almost made me miss my pregame. <laughs> <laughs> no, those those are the best. I I love it when they say fish or say Don. Like and I just referenced Greg Gard because it felt like, you know, you guys were just sitting across from one another having a cup of coffee yeah. pregame yeah. or something. That's how good it sounded. So 
Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. It's pretty. I mean, that's that's one of the perks of this job, you know, when you start making relationships with everybody that you deal with, and and most of these guys are great people anyway. And some of them, I mean, I'm not saying that guys like Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh, those guys haven't done an interview ever uh, yeah. in regard to the opposing radio station. And I'm not saying that they're probably put upon by so many people that their people just guard them and keep them from doing that. But the guys that do it, they're just great to work with. They really are. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Um, speaking of of great to work with, um, I, I take a guy like Anthony Leal, and I, I could not be more happy for oh, I know. an individual. You know, knowing what IU means to him, being from Bloomington, Bloomington South, Mister Basketball, wanting to go there, loving that program. I mean, all of that, and it has been so cool. You know what? Three out, two out of the last three games, or whatever it has been, to see him yep. play such a significant role. And then, Don, for everybody else out there, you hear parents all the time talk about, you know, if if I want my son to play like blank, it's like Anthony Leal, who fights, has fought through everything to earn minutes, get those minutes, and then has been significant in a couple of games in the last two or three weeks. I love to see it, and it, it really, as deserving as any kid to get that and to have that type of positivity is Anthony Leal. Absolutely. Uh, and Anthony is a terrific young man, smart as a whip uh, in both basketball and in what he's going to be in is business. The guy already has a real estate business, I think, set up. If you can believe that. And he's still in school. He's getting his master's. He's a high school business guy. This kid is smart. Uh, he's going to be successful in whatever he does. But the great thing about him is he stuck around Indiana despite the disappointment of not getting a ton of playing time in any of the years he's been there. Almost none last year. And for a while this year, it looked like he wasn't going to get any this year. But because of injuries and those kinds of things, all of a sudden he gets an opportunity. And the greatest thing about it is he's taken advantage of it. And he has gotten, like he, like you said, he's fought through all the negativity. He loves Indiana University. He loves the school. He loves the, the, to be in, being a part of the program. Um, and he's a good basketball player. Uh, he, he hasn't had as much playing time as I'm sure most people feel like he should have had. But he's taking advantage of his opportunities here. And if you noticed the game the other night, he hadn't taken a shot outside of twice. I think he was fouled on two different occasions where he went to the free throw line before he took the three point shot that gave Indiana the lead. And then the two free throws that sewed it up, he, he hadn't taken a shot all night long. And he was just out there playing defense, busting his butt, played over 20 some minutes. In that Six rebounds in fact, over that span too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he, he wasn't trying to take over the game himself. He was just trying to be a part of what they were asking him to do. And he played 25 and a half minutes in the ball game. He had only six points and five of them were scored, I think, in the last, what, uh, minute and a half. Yeah. So no, I, you, you yes. talk about a kid that busted his butt. And that's the other thing. And, and he and Trey Galloway have played together through with AAU ball and all that kind of stuff through the years. Um, and those two guys play as hard as anybody on the floor for Indiana University. And they anybody who wants to play for IU, all you got to do is watch those two guys, and that's the way you got to play if you're going to be successful. And the cool part about it is, I mean, next week they get a Sunday game, right, with Northwestern in Bloomington. He can, like, show a home in Hyde Park 
with his business and then play on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, it's perfect opportunity. It is. Uh, and and hey. here's the thing. They've got, they're going to have seven days in between games. I mean, they, yeah. they play on Saturday, uh, tomorrow, and then they don't play again until that following Sunday, which is the second time this year we've had like seven days in between ball games or a week in between games. And I have got to be the dumbest guy in the world because I should have set up two trips to Florida. Why did you not do that? I didn't even think about it. I wasn't looking at the schedule that closely. You know, I'm just, I don't think far enough ahead these days because basically I can't remember yesterday. So (laughs) that's one of the issues that you become when you become my age. And it has been a problem to say the least. And next year I'm going to look at those schedules really close. Yes. Yeah. Now, did you get out and play golf any this week? No, 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 no. Well, you no could have today, today, though, right? Today, yeah. Today, I probably could have gotten out and played, and I didn't even think about it. I had some personal issues to deal with this mm. morning. Um, my mom at 97 years old and lives in Oklahoma, and, and uh, I, I can't go into it. But long story short, and it wasn't because she was ill or anything like that. It was just other things. So at any rate, long story short, I didn't get out until about 1.30, and then I went to the store, and I went, I just blew another day of playing golf when I could have been out there. What an idiot. My mom is so uh, 79 and dealing with a lot of things down in Green County. Yeah. Green yeah. County so I, I know exactly uh I know exactly what you talk so. And I'm I'm the only one I'm the only one there too, so I know, I get it. <laughs> but uh yeah, I know exactly well. Hopefully everything is uh okay with all that in mind because yes. that that always hits home with me because I I am uh dealing with the uh the same thing. So, I just I just say, "Hey, you know, she lives way out." I say, "You don't yell at some of the people around you. Well, they're sawing they're sawing logs and they're throwing it on my property." I said, "Hey, you got 40 acres and you haven't seen 39 and a half of it in 40 years, all right? So, let them throw it. I said, because one of these days you're going to slip and fall in the yard and they're going to drive by and just look at you and wave and keep going. <laughs> I got a feeling your mom could take care of herself. Oh, yeah. She's uh, she is something. I, I told this story to Chad Buchanan, the Pacers general manager, last week. No, two weeks ago. I said, hey, uh, my mom watches every Pacer game, and she says she's going to be pissed if you uh, – and she called him Obi Tappen. She says, if you trade Obi Tappen, I'm going to be pissed. So I told <laughs> I think that had some bearing as to why they didn't trade Obi Tappen, who is Obi Toppin, but Obi Tappen. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's pretty funny, though. It's a Don Fisher voice of the Hoosiers with us. Uh, anything you take away from the first, I guess, probably a lot of things you don't want – to contribute to the second one that took place in the first one. I, I guess being able to withstand some runs here and not letting Purdue get out early and often would be, I think, a start to a competitive game tomorrow night? No question. I mean, the last ball game against Purdue, the Boilermakers took, uh, just started from the very beginning and, and went on some runs and built up a lead by halftime and then just expanded it through the second half, which is – what Indiana cannot allow to happen in this ballgame. They've got to be able to hang around in this contest because when Purdue gets it going, uh, it's really tough to stop. And, and they've got all the tools to make it happen, as we know. So it, you're going to have to and, – and here's the other thing they're playing in Mackey where Indiana has rarely well, fared well, yeah. even though they did win last year in that last meeting. 
which has also made them mad. And remembering that Hood Shafino was so good in that game, Don. Well, so good. Five, yeah, yeah, I'd say that was pretty decent. Yeah, so good, <laughs> Sean. Make I, I think that's one of those games where you know you just said, yeah, this this guy's going to be here one and done. That was one of the one of the big yeah. time you know, showcases to where you realized that was going to be the case. Yep, and it's unfortunate uh, that he's still not around because we could certainly use him with uh, the injury problems that we've got with X and and everybody else that's that's not 100% healthy. I mean, Malik Renew is just playing his guts out, and so is Galloway, and Leal's really helped him here of late. They they need to get more out of Khalil Ware than they did on Tuesday when, when he just, I think, basically – uh, he just didn't play very well, and and he had the same kind of game against Ohio State the last time. And when Indiana played Purdue the last time, he also struggled against Zach Eady. And I hope that he's learned something from that and can help us tomorrow because I think Khalil is going to be really important if Indiana's going to have a chance. And uh, he is good to go, right? Good to go for tomorrow. Uh, as far as you know, uh, you know, I I can't even answer that question yeah. because I can't get anybody to tell me. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to say whether he's going to be able to go or not. I know he kind of dinged his knee up a little bit in the Ohio State ball game. He didn't practice on Wednesday. They did not. The team didn't practice. They took their day off on Wednesday. So they were getting ready to go yesterday and today. I haven't heard anything today from anybody that he did practice on the last two days. So I just don't know. Yeah, and then uh, Xavier Johnson's got that uh, C-3PO-looking thing on his elbow right there. Yeah, so. he's, he's probably going to be out for a while, and, and I don't expect him to be back here in the next couple of weeks. I just think it's going to be a little longer than that. Um, That's just a gut feeling. I think um, Leo should start tomorrow. you agree? You know, I, I, I if you were asking me if I was the coach, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would start him. Yeah. But I, I think that the, the question mark is, and and you know how Mike Mike has coached this way his whole three years here at Indiana. He likes to have the stable starting lineup in every ball game if he can do it without an injury issue. And he never changes the starting lineup unless there's an injury problem. That's that's the whole thing. And so my gut is, and he's been going starting lineup that kind. He does a nice job, but is he is he in that position right now to get the job done against? This guard, these guards that Indiana that uh, Purdue has. I mean, Lawyer's a bigger guard. Obviously, uh, Braden Smith is probably not even as big as Gabe height-wise, but he is such a tough matchup and is playing so well this year in his sophomore season. So I, you know, and I think Anthony Leal uh, would do a really nice job in that sense of being in the starting lineup. But he's going to get playing time because he's been playing so well of late. I know that Mike values what he's been able to put on the floor to help his team. Yeah, no doubt about that. But yeah, that start, that start is you know big to being able to hang, and it uh, Purdue made it tough on them back yep. in January down in Bloomington. So for sure, you get that nice eight o'clock late Saturday start too for you. All right. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a little bit later than normal. But we're driving up tomorrow, and we're driving back tomorrow night. So that's the good news. No, that that'll be uh, that'll be really good too. Hey, I did want to ask you this. Obviously, with Purdue at the top makes a lot of sense is the the big 10 breaking in a lot of areas in which the way you felt it was going to at this point in february in the season the only thing that i was the only thing i was confident in happening this year in the big 10 because of the transfer portal and the number of guys that left after last season from all of these programs the only thing i was certain was that purdue boilermakers would probably be winning the conference championship 
and and it's played out just as I anticipated, which didn't take a rocket science to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. Um, I, I tell you, and I know that that's after Purdue. You know, it's a week as you mentioned, and then Northwestern on a Sunday is down Bloomington. They, they are fun as hell to watch. I think they are. So they are, and and I tell you, they got an Indiana kid on that team that's playing great. Bar Brooks, Heiser. he's yep. He's just playing terrific, and and his dad came up and introduced himself to me last uh, last year when we were in Northwestern when they beat us, and Bowie went nuts at the end. Of yep. course, he went nuts during the whole ball game, but then made the shot that made the difference. Um, but his dad came up, and and it was really good to meet him, and and he's so proud of his young of his son, and said. Well, he better be doing what the coach tells him to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've known him since 1989. I've known Mark Barnheiser since 1989. We have been friends, and uh, it is awesome to see what he is doing. I think he's also the 10th winningest coach all time, maybe in the state of Indiana, high school-wise. I he's think so, yeah. At Lafayette, Jeff now. But, uh, you know, Brooks and then his, his older brother, Braxton. Braxton plays at Rollins down in uh, Florida, just like their dad being basketball junkies. And the one thing that always stood out with Mark for me um, as we've been friends is, you know, and Dusty May, obviously, at Florida Atlantic, played for him at Eastern, where I'm from in the mid-'90s, but is you, you, he could get you to do things that you would not ordinarily believe you could do yourself, meaning you, mm-hmm. you want to run. He's like one of those classic run-through-the-wall type of guys. But yep. there are also some that have succeeded in playing for him and realized things maybe they didn't think they were going to. And at the same time, they wanted to, to run through the wall and hoped it fell on him. So they're like two different <laughs> two different avenues to go. But he is one of the greatest coaches I have ever been around. And I, I have so much admiration for him. And I see so much in Brooks. Um, as a player as to what I, I saw in him. Because obviously he went to Purdue first and then transferred to Auburn. He was a really good player from LaPel as well. But um, just it, it he's been one of the better coaches I've ever been around in my life. And you can see a lot of that in, in Brooks. Oh, you sure can. I mean, you know he's a coach's kid. He plays smart. He's tough as nails. Um, and he's really helped Northwestern. He's gotten better each year he's been there. So that's, you know, it just tells you everything you need to know about their family and about dad. And because yeah. and, and I guarantee you, your dad is telling him, you better do what the coach says or else. <laughs> yeah. he, he can be a Swiss Army knife. He was he was guarding, um, what's his name, the, the big dude, um, the, the big Dutch dude, I guess, came from Bradley for Nebraska for Fred Hoiberg's team. He was guarding him and guarding guard. Yeah, I mean, Mast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mast. I'm sorry, yeah. And yeah. he was guarding him, and he was guarding everybody on the floor. So that's, that's a great convenience defensively to have when you have somebody that can check other guys no matter the position on the floor like that so exactly that that versatility is uh, absolutely a necessity these days in college basketball all right you guys hit the airwaves at seven what time are you guys going to roll up about what 740 no 645 or so is that what time what you mean you mean what time we're going on the air yeah what time you're rolling up to west lafayette you get there about 645 oh, no, <laughs> no 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 we'll probably get there probably before five but right at 5 30 ish gotcha. yeah, someplace in there all right, should yeah, be fun. Be early. And yeah, and I'll tell you this, to. on the way home, think about this for a moment. Turn on B105.7 cuz I'll still be on when you're on your way home tomorrow night. 
I'll have Eric. If I'm driving, I'll have Eric call you with, Do it. with his record with his recommendation. <laughs> Just telling. Is he going to re- he request something from his era though? Right? It'll be like. Well, Taylor we'll Swift. Out. I may, I may, I may make him have to do something a little bit better than what, what he yes. would actually offer up. You know, but you got to give me that phone number. I can't remember it. Six eight one one zero five seven. Six eight one one zero five seven. Yep. Ten four. You got it. I'll be waiting on your calls tomorrow. I feel special. Work. And when all else fails, earth, wind, and fire nails. Remember that. Absolutely. If right. I don't call, uh, what time? See, that game will get over with what? 10 o'clock, yeah. 15. Yeah. We won't get out, there, out of there until 11. So, yeah, about 11, 15, throw on a uh, little September. So. You got it. Just for you guys. <laughs> Drive safely. Have a great broadcast. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Eddie Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Uh, 93 WIBC tomorrow, 9 to 7. You know, Eric Sewer, Earth, Wind, and Fire request coming up tomorrow night. That will work. Yeah, he is right. I mean, that's an 8 o'clock start, right? So that'll be right right at the uh, first two hours of the JMV takeover coming up tomorrow night. Yeah, I know a lot of you are saying, hey, what about the big game on Sunday? Um, I've, I'm going with Sam Fram. I'll tell you why before the end of the show. But, yeah, I haven't talked at length about it because, honestly, I think it's two teams where, A, you're excited. It's the Super Bowl. That's great. But there's so much other stuff going on right now that pertains to your interest here locally. We've stuck a lot with that. But I will get to that coming up before the end of the show. We've got Anything Goes coming up here at the top of the hour for you as well. And before we get to six, Luke Bryan tickets for that September show at the Ruoff Music Center up in Noblesville. So listen to win on a Luke Bryan reentry and some Anything Goes coming up after six on what has been a glorious outside Friday in central Indiana. Celebrate Indiana with the weather in February we're getting. And your calls at 239-1070. We'll talk at you next. The Ride with JMV. Hans. Bobby. I'm your white knight. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. James over there. I'm John. Thank you for joining us. If you're on your way home... Thank you so much for having us locked in per usual. Luke Bryan tickets before we get to the uh, top of the hour. Anything goes. Plenty of time for you coming up after 6. I know we already got calls lined up. We will get to you guys coming up in a bit. Don Fisher a little bit earlier. Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Also earlier, Tony East of SI. WTHR, Forbes, and more with Tony. With a breakdown of yesterday and the the of deals and then um, the lead balloon that was dropped inside Cambridge Fieldhouse by the Pacers last night in being dispatched in a roundabout way by the Golden State Warriors. Uh, we talked about that and more with uh, Tony as well. And uh, just a really, really busy day to this point. And thank you guys for joining per usual and being a part of that. Yesterday's show, too, was fantastic. Thanks for everybody coming down and joining us at Whiskey Business. One more for the championship of NBA Jam with Michelob Ultra is coming downtown on Thursday. That's next Thursday at Brothers Downtown, the championship of NBA Jam will be held. And next week's going to be outstanding. 
And uh, Chad Buchanan is scheduled to join us, the Pacers general manager, coming up on Monday as well. So be ready for that. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, got a busy later on tonight and tomorrow night on Indiana Sports Talk. Evidently busy with uh, Marion a little bit earlier today as well. Brought to you by your 14th Central Indiana Joe Childers run. CarX locations, Bob Lovell, who joins us now. So what was going on with you and Greg at Marion earlier today? Marion University versus Huntington in uh, Crossroads League competition this afternoon. Both teams battling for a spot in the uh, in the playoffs. They're both uh, you know going to battle out for in terms of you know seeding for the upcoming conference tournament. So very important ball game, which Marion won handily, uh, 88-55. And I have your new favorite player, it's Gus Etchison from Marion. Oh, I've heard stories. Play, I've heard. Some time and go out there and watch him play, John. He's I, like you. He never. He doesn't shy he doesn't away from the shooting. Shots. Man. What's that? He doesn't turn around to anything. I, I've heard that no, Gus. He turn, no, he turns down nothing. Gus, he, is a, he is a fun, fun yes. guy to watch. That's awesome. Good for him, too. I've heard great stories about Gus. And we listen, we know we know the head coach very well. We know that uh, he can coach on any level pretty pretty well. So we know that. Well, they're they're playing great. They really are, and it was a uh, it was a fun fun it was a fun game to do, and it really it really was. It was just uh, you know you know how important the game is to both teams. You know there's a lot on the line, uh, and you just um, just kind of fun to be asked to be there and have some have a good time on a Friday afternoon. Sorry, I had to blow you off at three thirty, but you know <laughs> it's all right. No problem. You, you were number two on my list of priorities. I understand that. So I'm lucky I'm that high. You know what I mean? I'm lucky. Frankly, yeah, yes. I understand. But that's, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, hey, we got a busy afternoon coming up tomorrow with the girls in regional play. Sites around the state of Indiana. And this one, I guess, I get looking at Pike, uh, Plainfield, Mount Vernon, LC, Decatur. Um, I'm going to head down to BNL, I think, for a little bit. Center Grove and Bedford North Lawrence, the defending That's champion, Jeff yeah. Allen. And I'm going right. to tell you what, Coach Stuckmeyer has done an absolute fantastic job. I, I, Center Grove, I've seen that a couple of times because of Laney. Um, they are a joy to watch on both ends. I mean, they, they get it up and down the floor. They shoot well. They're team-oriented like crazy. And defensively, they do this kind of weird thing where they play kind of spots on the floor. But, man, it, right. it works, and they're as good as, as certainly as advertised as we thought they were going to be this year. That's a hell of a game. Well, they play a great schedule. Uh, and you think about, you know, athletic teams in Center Grove have success. At, at all levels, at all sports, um, winning matters to them. They're really pretty good at what they do, and so they are. Uh, they're they're worth, as you said, they're worth the price of admission. That'll be a great game. Obviously, I care what my Quakers do. Yes, um, they did a nice job to win their sectional. So here you go. Here you well, go. Um, what's play, John? How what, what's his names? What's his name's got a freshman girl that's really good, right? Over there. Uh, uh, you mean Kurt Binge? No. Um, God, why can't I think? Play Indiana State. Why can't I think of his name right now? Oh, my, yeah. Michael. Yeah, Minter. God, I suck. Mike what daughter. Oh, yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. She's really good. She's, yeah, as you say, she's a freshman, and, and uh, they they love her. And her, you know, having that uh, genetic background that yeah. you have, yeah, you were born to be a hooper. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. He's the AD over there too, right, Mike? 
Uh, he's an assistant principal. AD, ah. He's an administrative side. And, um, you know, he was smart enough to recognize where he, sh- where he should live. So, you know, made the move to Plainfield. Let me tell you this. In a world of administrators, when you get a good one, embrace it and keep it because oftentimes that can't, you know, you keep it when you have a good one, don't you? Well, especially on the athletic side. Yeah. If you have someone who is, uh, has been a coach, uh, understands what's going on with athletics, understands that athletics can enhance the educational experience for everybody and you don't need to be nervous about athletics, they can peacefully coexist with everybody on the academic side if you do it right. So you, you know you have to go in with an open mind and a willingness to do it. And having people like Michael Mister on board will never hurt you. So Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. He's brought to you this afternoon by the 14 Central Indiana CarX locations, CarX.com today. I do want to mention too, also at Bedford at four o'clock tomorrow, Evansville North. But you get Franklin, and Franklin obviously having a great right. year, and Mike Armstrong. He is like the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps going and going and going from the 1980s. I think he's been coaching since Wooden around here, but he keeps going. Uh, he, you know, he got he got his uh, second win. You know, uh, not long ago, came in and was part of the program. And then the, when the coaching change happened, uh, yeah. he stepped in. And, and you know, he's a lifer. You know that. And he is a tremendous basketball coach. Uh, energetic. I think more than anything, people understand and appreciate his sincerity, uh, and he can X and O with anybody. That's that's for sure. That's why uh, our ladies here in town are, are so good. We're whole, we're uh, you know we're, we have a couple of favorites. We we got a, we have a couple of horses in the race coming up today <laughs> or tomorrow, John. We really do. I just love it because you can tell he's been around so long, and he is he has been you know griped at a bunch, but he's got a great filter. Like I'll fake gripe it at him. When I see him often, and it's like he doesn't even hear me. He just got such a great filter; it just goes in one ear out the other. That's how you can tell he's been around and been successful that long. Because you have to have, I think, that component, that filter, to be around that long. Well, if you're going to coach and stay in it and uh, have success, you, you absolutely have to have that filter. And um, a lot of people can. There are a whole lot of people who can't because um, you know it, it's it's amazing when you get into the coaching business. Everybody, including your family, they all think they know more than you do. And so, I mean, it's it. No, you have to you have to do it for a living to to fully understand it. And yeah. so, yeah, you have to have a filter. And I think the other part of it too is if you're going to be a coach or a coach's wife or a coach's kid, uh, toughness, mental toughness, is an absolute must. You talk about learning life lessons as kids and then even as adults. Be be married to a coach. Be a coach's wife. Be a coach's family. Uh, you'll learn great lessons. You'll have great highs. You'll have a bunch of lows. But in terms of what you'll learn in life lessons, you can't beat it. I I do. It's one of the things I, I really enjoy now more than ever is I like trying to figure out what coaches are trying to do. And I, I don't think – like like. And I'm not. I'm like when I when I have done it. You know, for example, with my daughter, I'm more of a mm-hmm. hype guy. I mean, I stand up yeah. and clap. I say, right. run the floor. I say, get in the stance. Yeah. And, you know, I say all those those common kind of buzz terms. Right. But I really don't coach. Yeah, way. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't coach too much up. But I have noticed me watching more and more today. 
off the ball because we're so conditioned during a game on TV to watch the action with the ball. And I try right. my damnedest to watch off the ball. And it's it's almost like it's a different game that you watch, but it's enjoyable as hell. Well, you know, the game changes. And, you know, nowadays it's, it's hard not to watch the ball because everything is oriented around the ball screen, yeah. either high, low, on the wing, or whatever. So, it's, you know, it's ball screen motion, dribble motion, and whatever you want to call it. But, you know, there was a time not long ago when you actually had a lot of action away from the ball. You know, I don't know if you guys at Eastern Green had a particular offense. You may have run flex. You may have run uh, the old Butler offense. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of flex action. We we run a lot of motion. I mean, if if you grew up, like, if you were of my age, um, you ran whatever Bob Knight was running. So we were running any kind of motion that you could run. So, yeah. And, you know, in the night era, when you ran motion offense, you didn't screen the ball. Yeah. That's the interesting thing. Nowadays, all you do is screen the ball. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. you get a staggered screen. You'll get a double screen. You, you, you'll screen the ball. You'll have five different people screening the ball. And, and um, back in Coach Nice's day, screening on the ball was a no-no. You would pass and screen away. Very simple stuff. Pass, cut, screen away, those kinds of things. Game changes, those kinds of things. Interesting to sit down and X and O with you. I'd be I'd be curious yes. to see where you are in your development. <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be, that'd I, be worth an hour of my time. I, to hear it. I do I live in a world. I live in a world of the high ball. I live in a world of the high ball screen and the and the slip screen as well. I mean, that certainly has has taken over. But the things that have changed, one of which is how the jump pass is being taught now and how it was forbidden and would cause you to run stair laps endlessly if you threw one. And now that's practiced. It's amazing how we've seen that transition over the years. Well, the the game changes, John. You know, it's um, it goes through cycles. You know, you go through uh, different phases. Like I said, you know, Coach Knight was here. It was all motion and all man-to-man. Prior to that, you know, they, they, I'm sure a lot of zones. Some coaches want to go multiple defenses, go different zones, man-to-man zone, different things. Some people like to pick up full court, those, you know, and fall back and do crazy things. But it, it's, a, it's, it's cyclical like anything else. And uh, right now we happen to be offensively in a cycle of ball screen motion, penetrate pitch. I don't think that's going to change in terms of the game. The game is – Space the court, uh, try to penetrate, pitch, and find somebody behind the arc. You know, try to go all the way to the rim. Your mentality is you want three points on every possession. You either do that by penetrate, pitch, and find a spotted shooter, or you go to the rim, get fouled, and make a free throw. That's yeah. that's that's how offense is. That's where it is right now. I'm not sure it's going to change anytime soon. No, it's not. We, we have entered a a place, and we saw. We saw one of the biggest, if not the most, uh, the largest of influences last night here in Steph Curry. Because oh, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, there, there is no turning back to the way oh, no. that we, we used to see basketball played. It is going to continue, and it's, it's going to get more and more. I mean, more and more. And, and I guess they're good and bad. There's a good. It can be beautiful basketball. Like last night with Steph Curry, his shot-making ability, you know, much to the chagrin, chagrin of, of Pacer fans, but it was beautiful to watch the shot-making ability. However, you get some, you know, others that aren't quite near that category that pull up from, from 30 feet um, after one pass or off the dribble on a break, and it leads to a lot of bad shots as well. But it's never going to change. 
That's why I do radio. I don't I have to worry about that stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, now, it was beautiful. Be careful. Be careful what you wish for, too, yeah. when it comes to this. Just be careful. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, also tomorrow you got uh, around the state, uh, Speedway, Danville, among others, Hamilton Heights, uh, I think Woodlawn. Um, who else you got here I'm looking at right now? Uh, Greensburg, Scottsburg. I think I mentioned a lot of the area teams. Noblesville's up in Marion coming up tomorrow, so I'm sure right. you'll have everybody right. covered coming up tomorrow night, all that, and tonight as well. well By the yeah. way, two collegiate yeah. games of importance, including Indiana-Purdue and Butler-Providence tomorrow. Well, everybody's obviously excited about the IU Purdue game. They always are, and they should be. Uh, I think it's, you know, it'll be a great matchup. I, I know it's in uh, West Lafayette, and so you know what? It's always good. I wish they played four or five times a year, quite frankly. And uh, there's still a lot of basketball to be played, so I wouldn't get excited or concerned one way or the other. There's a lot of hoop to be played, and your Sycamores just continue to yes. uh, dazzle, John. They really, really do. And Josh Shirts, Coach of the Year, why why is he not in more conversations for that? I mean, the turnaround is nothing short of miraculous. Don't trip and fall in Springfield, Missouri tomorrow. Just don't do it. That's exactly right. Don't yeah, do be, it. be careful. Yeah. Uh, you know, conference play is always difficult, even when bad teams are yes. playing. But they're playing at home, and so you just got to continue to do it. Uh, like how they're set up, you, you've been there. Uh, I've been there. They're fun to watch. They are. And they can shoot the basketball. They kiss. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, tonight, tomorrow night on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline every week brought to you by CarX or CarX.com. All right, have a great weekend. We'll Thank do it again God. next week and see where we are and uh, have a hell of a basketball. By the way, next week, NBA All-Star Weekend around here, too. So we'll be busy. So. Thank you, John. Thanks for the time, as always. Have a great weekend. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, right there. I've got some Anything Goes coming at you, top of the hour. You guys dig that? Well, Anything Goes, top of the hour, till about 622 is what we're doing. Coming up to Luke Bryan tickets before we get to that top of the hour, too. We have been busy. Where have you been? Hopefully right here, 93.5107 by the fan. The Ride with JMV. Collect them, trade them, or just enjoy them. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This sounds like Luke Bryan to me. Anybody else? 239-1070. Luke Bryan. You say, hang your T-shirt on your limb. You a big country guy over there, James? Uh, no, I am not. Luke Bryan. Everybody loves Luke Bryan, though. Everybody. That's a big show coming up this summer. September, remember? I believe September the 7th at Ruoff Music Center. Thank you, Live Nation, as always, for providing these tickets for us to give away to our listeners out there. And as I've mentioned before, there was a point in time when, for example, Live Nation would never approach a sports talk show or station about doing this. And I kind of led the way years ago in saying, hey, what you have in the sports talk listener is a great combination of wanting to hear sports, loving sports, but also having an equal love to music. And it's great because it entails all forms, all genres. So right now, you're going to have a lot of country fans calling in. But, for example, if I'm giving away tickets to see, you know, the Doobie Brothers, you're going to have a lot of classic rock fans calling in. If 
I'm giving away tickets as we have to see Janet Jackson. And going to get a lot of R&B, a lot of pop. Certainly with Janet Jackson because she's iconic. Just to see that show in general. So we, we here on this show and at the station, we hit every listener, every genre of music, which you can't do. I mean, everybody else, you, I mean, you have certain guardrails. Nobody does what I do on Saturday. I mean, nobody does. Nobody's motivated to do. Normally, if you hear something on the weekend, it was probably voice tracked on Wednesday. Recorded on Wednesday. So we give you here and give you on Saturday night things that you just don't get. And here's the best part of Saturday night, by the way. And I know that both IU and Purdue will be playing, but you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm there with you as well. We, we do with the All Request Show something that nobody else does. And I can honestly tell you this, with Sean Copeland, who's the program director at B105.7, there is absolutely nobody, nobody that runs a radio station anywhere in America that would turn six hours of their day over to me to play whatever you want to hear. That just doesn't happen. And it's legit. There is no playlist. I was trying to explain this to somebody yesterday, and I said, here's how it goes. I don't know what's coming up next until about two minutes or less to go in the song that's actually playing. Because that's when that next song is being requested. It is an amazing thing that used to be commonplace but has disappeared that we give to you on Saturday. And again, combine that with sports and you hit absolutely everybody in music for all of these shows coming in the spring and the summer and the fall. And thank you, Live Nation, for years ago recognizing that and uh, being a great partner. Quick break. We'll come back. Anything goes? Going to hang about 22 or so on the clock here at 239-1070. Anything you want to talk about, anything goes. Coming up, I'll also let you in on a busy week next week, which starts with a lot of Pacers influence coming up on Monday. I'll explain, and we'll go anything goes at 239-1070. Next. The Ride with JMV. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, wherever you're going, what you're doing. We don't really care. This is a lot like the JMV Takeover every Saturday night on B1057. We do what you want to do. Call Anything Goes when we have extra time. Of course, we got the last word at 6.30. We have extra time. It's... I believe what the third time this week it feels like the twentieth time this week, James. But I think it's the third time this week we have extra time, and with that extra time, we deliver a uh, anything goes segment that sometimes can be incredibly entertaining. Other times, it may be a pain in the ass to you, but it's always going to be something worthy of your listening. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we hang about 20 or so minutes on the clock here until we get to the Goreman Matt Taylor and company with the last word. We love anything goes. 239-1070 is that number. Go ahead and jump on board. Get in. Especially if you've been tuning in inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Had a great week there. Great day yesterday. Next week's going to be outstanding. Big game Sunday. I got the uh, Niners in that final over Kansas City. I think uh, 
Jimmy and his brother Bob are going to cry somewhere because that's my call. San Fran, I think I was on Tony Katz earlier. I think I said 31, say 31-24, something like that, I believe is what I said. You watch Brock Purdy end up being the MVP. You watch. I know that that's not a stretch because most of the quarterback does of the winning team. This may be a year, though, where a guy like Debo Samuels gets one. Combination of skill position players and defense, especially coming off the edge and putting pressure on Patrick Mahomes, will be a little bit too much. And, uh, yeah, we got a little uh, a little buffet going. Kids got the buffet going. Uh, Blake and Lanny want Buffaloes. <laughs> so, may have to drive to Bloomington. On uh, Sunday midday and get Buffaloes. They want Buffaloes, which is not a bad choice. If anybody knows about the legend that is Buffaloes, you completely understand what I'm talking about. All right. Anything goes at 239-1070. Let's start out with Todd. Todd, you're on the air. How you doing? Hey, buddy. How are you? Outstanding. How's the week been going, Todd? No, no, not bad. And hope to catch up with you again in person sometime in the near future. Ah, uh, it was a hell um, of a day yesterday, buddy. Hell of a day. Yeah. Hey, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the NBA All Star Game here yeah. in a second. But um, just uh, here's my anything goes stuff. First of all, uh, it's harder to get into anything goes than a new AM show on 1430 AM. But <laughs> 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 a, a, side, a sidebar. Yeah, um, great. All right. That's what anything goes is about. And let let the records reflect. I had not a damn thing to do with that. So, yes, go ahead. Right, 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 right. And then here's the other thing. I mean, we're about, I think I'm four or five years older than you. Um, You remember Burger Chef, right? I do. I loved it. And um, I just, I probably ate it at Hardy's, I ate it at Hardy's, and I probably for the first time in, good good Lord, 12 or 13 years. Right. um, I can't afford to eat at Hardy's. (laughs) Is, is Hardy's really? Has it escalated to price? Um, really, that's about anything now. But yes. Well, and, but the calories are just like oh, <laughs> yeah. incredible. But but am I? Am, well, am I we know. Here's the thing, though, Todd. Days? We didn't know it. They didn't show us, and I really wish they would stop showing us. You know what? Yeah. Uh, because yeah. back then, the thing about Burger Chef was it was great. But there were two things that I loved. One, that was the first place I remember a fixin's bar. And remember, it had a fixin's bar, which, you know, lettuce and tomatoes and such. And it had no sneeze guard then. So you had no sneeze guard protection. And remember, when you got the kids' meal, it would almost always come with a square record, a square plastic, vi- or plastic in this case, record that you would go home and put and would sound awful. Almost always you would get a square record. From Burger Chef as a prize, and then the, the old Burger Chef and Jeff campaign. Am I wrong? Yes, I got that shirts from the shop, and the shop in Broad Ripple <laughs> came up with uh, you know, great Burger Chef stuff. We still got it. So, so I went to the '85 All Star Game. Nice, and um, I think I paid thirty-five or forty dollars a ticket then for. Bad seats. <laughs> yes. So I'm actually going this weekend, and I'm paying eighty five hundred dollars for two bad seats. But wait, 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 wait! You're you're paying eighty five hundred dollars for two seats to the All Star Game? Yep. Whoa. Eighty five. Where will eighty five hundred get you in the building? Um, um, probably. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's as high 
It's a one in the court. It, it, it's, it's terrible. They're, they're terrible seats. But here's my here's my take on that. Yeah. Um, at at fifty nine years old, I will never get a chance to do this again in my life. I understand that. Yes. And so, um, more to my point though is is this is not a local event. I mean, and 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 right. N- Locally, you can't afford it. This is a yeah. celebrity event. It is. It's a, you know, and 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 that's a it's reality. Yeah. And I'm not even complaining really because if I were, I would if I if I said, hey, I can do this again in five years, like some of the other events we have here in town, I'd probably take a different approach. I'll never see this again in my life. No, it, right. And it's it's almost like if if the Oscars or the Grammys. Or the right. Emmys were to come here, or to be rotating on a regular basis. I mean, it's it's kind of. I mean, you get all these celebrities, and you know these these current and former players all in town are celebrities, and there are parties everywhere, and it's a weekend long thing. And you're right. I mean, it is it is not local. It is a a national thing, and hence the price is eighty five hundred dollars for two. I'm assuming very high in Cambridge Fieldhouse. And, and- and I'm, and I'm fortunate that I have the resources, but that's me, right? I mean, it's just it, it kind of it's kind of fun. I mean, this is great that we have it here, right? It's great, but um, it kind of stinks for the local people in some ways. But there's a billion other things they can do downtown right. all weekend long. So, and I think that's where you, I think that's where you get your, you know, resolution to hey. This is just fun, right? So, what What would you expect to pay for a beer at the All Star Game? Uh, forty five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> little, little kings. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, hey, you, you said it right when you started. You know, we're at this age where you're not likely going to see that again, and you're going to take advantage of it, and that is pretty awesome, right there. So, Todd, you enjoy that, man. But stop, stop with us maybe on Thursday next week and hang out for a bit. We 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 will we'll see you soon, my friend. Got some anything goes. Thank you, Todd. Yeah, I'd do it too. $8,500 for two. And I'm assuming that's... That's a little outside of my price range. $8,500 for two. I wonder how many others are doing that. How many of you, you guys, at Jamv 1070 let me know. You don't necessarily have to call for it if you don't want to. Let me know if you have purchased tickets and and how much, if you don't mind me asking and prying here how much you actually paid for those tickets. 8500 for two for Todd, and he said they're not good seats. Anything Goes continues, and Mike is next. Mike, welcome to the show. For $8,500, I probably can get Taylor Swift. But my question is, Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, and Kelly Clarkson, that's the that's the question. I want to throw that out there. Who's more sexy? And I'll get off here. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, for that. I listen. I I think to be Travis Kelsey, to already have that tremendous amount of talent, tremendous amount of notoriety, the skill, the savvy. I mean, if you remember a year ago, he I sound like I'm Jimmy Cook right here, by the way, too, but. He hosted SNL or was, you know, I think he and his brother both hosted SNL. You know, to have all of that, what do they say nowadays? To have all that in your bag and to also be, you know, hanging out and dating Taylor Swift would be pretty damn awesome. 
And and I would equate that like when I was growing up, right? And and I'm not trying to compare, you know, the personality, notoriety, or anything like that. But I that that would be pretty like back when I was growing up, it was always I you know, always had a crush on Jody Watley or Karen White. Remember, turn the lights down. It's time to get romantic. That Karen White and a you know crush on them. But that's like living out your dream. There's your crush, and you know it just happens to be the the most popular entertainer on the globe. I think you'd have to go Taylor Swift all the time. Pretty impressive. Anything goes continues after six, and Mark is next. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan B. I was just um, I'm probably a little late to the Hall of Fame and uh, nominees or inductions, yep. and I think Dwight Franey I saw was one of them. Um, I just was recently reading an article about Steve McMichael, though. Yeah. And um, I was a bit moved. I know you're a big uh, Sweetness fan, Walter Payton fan, and Mongo falls in there. I grew up watching Mongo uh, even in his professional wrestling days. Uh, Unfortunately, he's fighting a uh, fight with ALS. But um, I I just recently read an article that he had a do not resuscitate, and when he found out that he was at least nominated to go through, that he canceled that DNR. Um, I, I was. It's a bit moving. It just. Uh, I hope that they're trying to move hell and water to get him to, um, to be yeah. there, and yeah. uh, I thought maybe it was worth sharing to the wider audience here in the Midwest. It is, and I, I grew up a Bears fan, and I was a huge fan of Steve McMichael. I mean, from McMichael to Hampton to Dent, you know, obviously what they had in the defensive line and what they had, the entire team, I absolutely loved. I loved the Bears even when they were bad. And he was, for that defense, I mean, he was up the middle. I mean, basically what, what Jim Burt was to the Giants, you know, what you saw, the, the Redskins always had those guys on the inside that played significant roles back then when they were the Redskins, the Washington Redskins back then, now the Commanders. But um, he, um, he was a personality, too. And on that team, yep. on that team they had – more than a handful of personalities and it's amazing and yeah you're right it is it tugs on the heartstrings you know trying to to realize this dream before it's over and yeah among those that are going in the pro football hall of fame that is at the top of the list of the most special indeed yeah no no doubt uh, Richard Dent gave the call to his wife I I just recently read and um, I hope he makes it to August 4th I think it was the date so um, um, rooting the best for him and uh, hopefully we we, we see him in some capacity in that ceremony you got it hey Mark were you a big Bears fan growing up Uh, I was my family's still all there but I've been in central Indiana here for uh, the last uh, 18-ish years so who um, who besides Walter Payton was your favorite on that team um, I, I, I myself a little bit. I was a little bit before my time. Um, Richard Dent was uh, was there. Um, going a little later, probably when I was a true Bears fan, was Neil Anderson, Brad yeah. Muster, right? A little bit later. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, then Jim Harbaugh. But um, yeah, I know uh, that that always sticks in my mind. Uh, they're they're uh, they're a fan, even though I was just a little one. Neil Anderson came in after the Walter Payton era out of Florida, and they did a hell of a job of back when running backs were were really valued. They did a hell of a job of bridging the gap right there. Now a lot of other things they didn't because at that point in time things compared to what they were started falling apart. But it was amazing how they were able, at least at that position, to bridge the gap because Neil Anderson was really good. Yep, totally agree. Mark, I appreciate you. you. Have a great weekend.
He said, uh, Neil Anderson and Brad Muster, that's nice. I will say this. One of my favorite all-time Bears, and it may not resonate with many Chicago Bears fans that go back as far as I do, and he was one of two players that, if I remember correctly, held out after they lost to San Francisco in the NFC title game in 1984. Along, I think, with – no, I'm sorry, it wasn't. It was It was Al Harris – and Todd Bell, I want to say both of those players, linebacker and safety, held out the following season and did not participate in the uh, Super Bowl championship campaign of 85 with uh, Mike Ditka and the Bears. And one of my favorites back then, I love Todd Bell. Todd Bell, if you remember, look up hits, and there's no way this flies. He'd be suspended for the rest of his life. I don't think he's – I think he passed away, too. Uh, Todd Bell – had one of the hardest hits ever laid on anybody when he hit Joe Washington. I think that was in that 84 season. may have been in that win against Washington in the 84 postseason. One of the hardest hits, one of the most vicious hits you will ever see. Uh, Todd Bell was one of my favorites, and he didn't even participate in that, that season of 85 because he held out. Another one was uh, Wilbur Marshall, linebacker, who also had some vicious hits. A lot of those players of that era defensively certainly would not transfer to uh, the rules of tackling the way that they are in the NFL today, for sure. Uh, Patrick's next. Anything goes. Hello, Patrick. How are you? JMV, Bobby, I'm your white knight. Oh, man. Ellis? Ellis? Sprechency talk. What have you What have you told them, Ellis? <laughs> Nothing. How you doing? Good, Patrick. I love to get in a good Ellis diehard conversation when you call, man. Every single time. Hey, here's what here's here's what's bothering me um, right now with the Pacers. I feel like they did the exact same thing uh, that they did way back with Paul George, um, getting rid of Buddy Heald. We all know. Ty and Buddy, they were very close. They were best friends. Paul George and Danny Granger, right? When they got rid of Danny and traded Danny, Paul instantly kind of shied away from the Pacers right after that. Like, what, we had one more season with Paul, then he got injured, and then he walked from the team. I feel like what you just did was you ostracized your best player, you made him angry, by getting rid of one of his best friends. What are your thoughts on that? I can't imagine that they did not get his okay with this. I said this to Tony East earlier. I felt, and and maybe I was wrong, Tony East thought that maybe he was dinged a little bit last night. I just thought that he was in a haze. I thought he was in the clouds last night. I, I could not believe that that was the type of effort slash performance that we got and believe me all these guys all these guys are going to have a bad game everybody has a bad game but that looked more like he had a bad game because he wasn't in it than it did anything golden state was doing last night and i felt in watching that that it had that had buddy healed effect written all over it to me 100 percent and and i'm all about reading people's uh body language and, and and how they're acting there was a time where they showed him on the bench uh where he wasn't sitting on the bench and he was standing back i think he was talking to one of the trainers or something and you you could read his lips and he was like he said something along the lines of i don't know i don't i don't even know 
And he said that. You could read his lips when he said that. And he seemed dejected sitting there. And then they stopped talking. And then the camera cut away. It made me really think back to when we got rid of Danny Granger. And, you know, you would think that they would have talked to Paul at that time. Hey, are you okay with Danny going away? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't imagine, said. Patrick. There's no way they didn't have an in-depth conversation with him about that. However, you know, I think it was Rick Carlisle that said yesterday – that they they didn't that he did not talk to Halliburton about this. So I'm you have this day and age star player, especially one that is as close to the other. Like you have to. I can't imagine they didn't have an in depth conversation. We'll talk to Chad Buchanan coming up on Monday about it, but I I can't imagine. But I I felt last night that a lot of that had to do with really. I thought a lot of the team looked kind of the same last night in that listless type of effort. Yeah, uh, I, I did. I did think it was really fun to see uh, uh, Steph actually play like he was back in his twenties. That was really fun. It was, uh, uh, it was that, glorious shot making ability. It just uh, gloriously sucks when it's happening to the team that you want to win like that, right? So that's exactly, true. buddy. All yeah. right. Well, that's all I had for you. You have a wonderful day. You too, Patrick. Thank you. I could be wrong, and I, I was pretty hard, pretty critical of of Halliburton earlier. That's just never anything that I expect. And I thought it just looked like that there was not a great deal of effort going on with a lot of these guys last night, and he was one. I just never expected to see that. And Tony East shared with me he felt that maybe he got dinged up a little bit in the game. I didn't see that, but, again, I do want to be fair to the circumstances without question. Justin is next at 239-1070. Hello, Justin. What's up, JMV? Good to hear from you. Yeah, so this is Justin from yesterday that uh, won the tennis shoes for the you, NBA. You day. are advancing to the finals next Thursday at Brothers Downtown. Yeah, yeah I'm super excited for the opportunity. Awesome. Well, it's great to meet you. Thank you for coming out. Yeah, so uh, I heard the guy talking about the tickets earlier, so I wanted to call in. So yesterday I bought uh, Stevie Nicks tickets for my uh, for my mother. Right. And uh, I was uh, I was capable of getting second row seats center stage for my mother who's a longtime stevie nicks fan and uh those were seventeen hundred dollars <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. and yeah. there was four hundred dollars worth of fees in there as well so about two hundred dollars a piece yeah so uh yeah. the whole concert industry is just out of control and absolutely ridiculous so that's uh, uh yeah that's a lot and that uh, you heard Todd just a moment ago say he paid eighty five hundred dollars for the All Star Game Sunday for two yeah. way up so yeah it's, yeah but at least I'm at least I'm second row center stage so uh, you get right there she can yeah, belt out edge of seventeen right there in front of you that'd be great you you better believe it so great but, to meet yeah. you and you you make sure we well we'll see you Thursday in the finals. Yeah, let those guys know. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to try to win that. You got it. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate that. Hey, Bill, give me 10 seconds of your greatness right here. Dwight Freeney needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Nobody invented the spin move other than him. He needs to be there. I am out. You got it. Thank you, Billy. Fulton, 10 seconds to close really quick. I'm going to try. Hey, JMV. I'm going to try my hardest tomorrow, Fulton. I'm going to try, okay? Okay, sounds good. We'll see you tomorrow at 11. I, I hope to be there, Fulton. I don't want to disappoint Fulton at all. I mean, we love Fulton. James, great week. Thank you. Hey, everybody out there listening, thank you very much. 
show guest list today. I think Chad Buchanan's on coming up on Monday. Recap of the big game on Sunday we'll have for you. IU-Purdue and that matchup. Butler-Providence as well. Pacers in the Garden against the Knicks tomorrow night. We'll have it all for you. Three on Monday. The last word with the gore man, Matt Taylor, and more straight at you. Jamie, take over tomorrow night. Remember, 6 o'clock, B1057.